Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, this is Gillian C., and you're listening to the RPG Show. Listen up. See you in Kobe. Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. So I'll start in five, four, three. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the RPG Show. I'm your host, Nick, and today I'm only joined by uh, one guy, uh, still a fantastic guy, though. Uh, it's Kevin. How are you doing? Good. Appreciate the compliment. Uh, good. How's everything going with you? Uh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, if you hear some rumbling in the background that's the new hope that's the third guest host second yeah it used to be the train now it's the uh, dishes so and other random fucking bullshit <laughs> yeah it's just the the time we could record and uh it is what it is so apologize unfortunately yeah if it's annoying to anyone sorry but uh Yep, it did. I guess we had to turn push to talk on, but that's a pain in the ass. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty much push to talk. I mean, it talk like it doesn't record unless you talk, anyway. So I think that the background noise doesn't record uh, unless you're talking, so it should be okay. Really, I did not know that. Okay, well, I will try to shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, shit's happening. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Still, guys. How many how many dishes she got th- back there? <laughs> Hopefully not many more. <laughs> There's no uh, laundry machine and shit going. Uh, that's, that's probably next. Uh. Um. All right. Well. Uh. So today we're talking about romancing Saga Two. And uh, according, if you ask anybody else on the internet, uh, this game's a piece of shit. Uh. At least according to everybody in the Discord. But uh, I think uh, you and I both really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think uh, I think just the gameplay of the saga games. I think I don't know. Does it? I like it. Like I don't know. Everyone talks like shit about it because it's kind of random, but uh, it's not really random. It's just kind of you got to have the right people in the right places at the right times, and that can be frustrating if you don't have a guide. It's it's definitely one of those games that you can't play without a guide. But I think if they made it nowadays, they would, like, put, like, a shit ton of tutorial. Like, you know what I mean? They would explain it way better than they they did in uh, this era. 
Maybe. I mean, it depends, I guess, on the developer's intent. Like, if they wanted you to go into these games and try to figure shit out yourself, or if they want you to have fun with the mechanics, because it's not... <laughs> it's one of those... I guess, as far as I am concerned, the Saga series is one of those uh, types of games where it's... Uh, you, you don't have fun until you figure out what the fuck you're doing. But then, once you figure out what the fuck you're doing, you have... An insane amount of fun. It's, I guess, the barrier for entry is super high. Yeah. And it's a, it's, it, depending on the developer's intent, if that's like, if that's the for their intent for you to actually surmount that obstacle yourself, or communicate with people and work together to overcome the the obstacle so that you all can enjoy the game. Which, I like. I understand most people's rationale is why the fuck do I have to climb some barrier to enjoy the game? But, like, there's sometimes there's things that only work a certain way because that's how they are, like, designed to work. Like, I don't think you could have the same kind of experience with this kind of game. Um, well, maybe, I mean, maybe you could, because, I mean, we, we, had, we did, we read guides and shit. So, if the game was just like, hey, this is how you play the game. <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh... Uh, maybe it, like see it, I don't know maybe it's like in Japan there's a lot more guides and like it's required like they came out with the game or something like that and we like just in the United States there's like here you go. Well, I'm sure stuff is written in the manual because people don't do manuals anymore. Yeah, I'm sure it's probably a... there's probably something in the manual or there's some I don't know. I maybe we're giving it too much credit, but um, there's a lot of shit going on <laughs> this game um, and. I guess playing Saga Frontier is like an easier version, but it's not much different, you know. Uh, it has a lot of quality of life improvements, I would say, over this one. And yeah, 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 yeah for sure. This particular like uh, game is, like, I feel like it's one of those games where they, because it was on like the Super Famicom or whatever, or was it the regular Famicom? I don't know. Um, this is like a Super Famicom game, yeah. That's what I thought. But that was like the time period where those consoles were like fucking a thousand bucks and like games like 80 bucks. And they wanted at least some, I'm assuming some developers wanted people to like actually play their game yeah. more, longer than like 10 minutes or 10 hours. Because a lot of new games you could beat in like 10 hours. Uh, even though they look fantastic or whatever. But like this game, without a guide, you could potentially play for like 30 hours and get stuck and have to start over. But... When you start over, you're going into the next playthrough with so much built up and accumulated knowledge that you would have a way better starting uh, position than you did before, and you can make further progress. Uh, but if you follow a guide, you don't need to know any of that bullshit because <laughs> it's all given to you. Um, so I guess uh, if you're new here, uh, the way we do this show is it's a pretty long form uh, rambling type thing where we just talk about a bunch of shit but we do have uh six categories uh that we talk about in more detail and that is gameplay story visuals uh, music slash voice acting overall experience and replayability slash extra content and our rating system is a one two five scale with half scores because i fucked that way up uh fucked it up way early on so it's i mean it's a, technically it's a 10 scale system but whatever uh, yeah. But I couldn't give a point five, so. Okay, so it's a nine scale system. 
Because <laughs> I, uh, I think I was listening to uh, one of the older episodes when I was like, I went home this past weekend. I just kind of like, I forget which one it was. I might have been, uh, shoot, what was the first one I did with you guys? Maybe the second one. That Super Nintendo one. I'm blanking it right now. Brain Lord? Brain Lord. And I wanted to give like story a 0.5. And mm-hmm. Brent's like, no. <laughs> you can't. It's not allowed. <laughs> so yeah, it's not. Well, I mean, you're a host now, so you can do whatever the fuck you want, I guess. Well, hopefully, I don't ever put, play a point five story again. But that definitely wasn't that bad. But you know, teach around, teach around. There was no story. There was a story. Your dad. Oh, you know, died but... or whatever. And you're gonna go avenge him. No, I think I don't think I no, it was Dragon uh not Dragon Quest, but uh Fuck, I can't think of the names right now. The Was there another Super Nintendo game? Breath of Fire. Breath of Fire five. Oh I gave that story a one. But I wanted to give it a point five, because that one was bad. One... It was. But it was there. I mean as a, this is not the Breath of Fire Five episode, but as a as a game, it was such a departure from the rest of the series that it's so it feels alien. Well, I thought I remember liking that game, but uh, I guess I didn't. I liked the gameplay in that game, uh, but the story I got mad because like you have to play that game over and over again to get like the good story parts. I guess and I think yeah, and you have to do good. You have to do your gameplay is have to be really really good. You have to be tight with your point accumulation or whatever. Yeah, and it's like new game five or whatever. You have enough points, fucking unlock doors and like see hidden narrative cutscenes and shit. It's like what the fuck. Yeah, so that's why I think that's why I wanted to give it a point five. I was like frustrated because the to play the game normally, uh, you couldn't really get the story. Which the story wasn't that bad once you like read about it and figured like like it's interesting, but they didn't give you any of that shit. And it's like, what's my point? Anyways, this is not not the Breath of Fire five. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> back to the point system. Uh, well, I mean, we're done with that, so, um, uh, I guess we'll do a little, do a little catch-up for everybody that hasn't been listening in a while. I know you recently did, uh, Video Games the Movie with Blaine. Yeah. Uh, right? Yeah, we did that one-up movie, and it is terrible. It's so bad. It's about esports, right? Yeah, and it's about an all-girls team, it's like, you know, ripped out of, like, a Friends episode. <laughs> Where it's like Sweet. the guys don't let the girls play because they're girls, and I'm like, really? This is a 2022 plot. Like, I know they have like all like types of girls, and you know, all the range of types of girls. That I get that part of it, but it's like, there's no way uh, this day and age in 2022 that they want to let a girl play because she wasn't because she, she's a girl. She was good, you know what I mean? So. Um, but I looked at I watched a trailer and I was like this is awful and then I looked at uh, like a synopsis and people were saying it's based off of like an actual incident that happened like in the early 2010s or something so this is it's dated already yeah by that standard and then I think it, this has no like relevance to the film I guess or whatever but the the girl that got rebuffed uh, made her own girls team and they lost like every game they played so. So they gave the fucking haters more ammunition for the girls' team. Be like, look, they can't win even when they have their own team and it's fair or whatever. Well, maybe that's a so, little, yeah. Maybe in twenty ten, um, girls weren't that good at maybe yet at games. But I think the way things are now, it's like a lot more balanced. Like there's a lot of girl gamers compared to 
you know, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but maybe it's the same or maybe, I don't know. I, I guess there's nothing to base that on, but I, and my feeling is there's a lot more nowadays. It's a lot more. That makes sense. It's a lot more like accepted to play games. Whereas like, you know, 10 years ago, even 10 years ago or 12 years ago or whatever it was 2010, like you're still, oh, yeah. you're still kind of like, you play games. Like that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not as stigmatized. So, I mean, that's good for everybody. Um, but in my personal experience, like in like the communities that I float with, I don't see any women, but I don't actually play like games online very much. I just do like do the post uh, trophy boosting shit, which is only for degenerate fucking losers anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> well, you're different. Like you play, you get you play games and you get all the trophies in the games you want to play. Yeah. Like uh, people that I float around with will like download some shitty five dollar game as online trophies and grind for. Uh, two three weeks doing nothing but uh like capture the flag trades uh, and like uh point boosting just to get the trophy oh. and it's uh it's a grueling unforgiving uh utterly worthless with uh usage of time yeah uh but so, we all have our we all have our vices <laughs> yeah like i like to get like 100% and like see that you know i had not missed any trophies like, I like that kind of feel, and, like, you know, I don't start a game anymore unless I, like, it's like, okay, I'm committed to, you know, getting all the trophies, I'm going to do this, I'm not going to, you know, um, and every once in a while I'll, like, step out, like, okay, I'll try this, I'll get the trophies if it sucks, you know, type thing, but I usually, like, do a lot more research and, like, okay, this looks like a game for me or whatever, <clears throat> or, <clears throat> or, like, I'll go back, like I just recently did, uh, to games I just played like when I first started, you know, when the trophies first started came out, and I didn't really think about them like that. I started going back and getting some of those PS3 ones, you know. Um, and recently, <clears throat> I just platinumed uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance Two and Star Wars: The Force Unleashed. Um, and thanks to your help, because you knew someone um, that had the DLC, there's like a trick. So. Marvel Ultimate Alliance was like discontinued or like uh, what's it called? What's the word I'm looking for? It was delisted. Delisted uh, from the PlayStation Store, so you can't get it anymore. And that, uh, so I have. Well, you can buy the disc or buy the disc version or whatever if you want, which I have. But if you didn't buy the DLC, you can't download it unless the workaround. <clears throat> the workaround right now. This might change. You know in the future but uh if someone else signs on or into your playstation a different user or whatever um and they have it you can download it to the playstation 3 switch back over to your uh um main account yeah your main account and then play it and you can use that dlc so that's what i did and i got finally was able because i didn't want it like i don't want to get just the platinum i want to get uh, like 100 percent. so it bothers me what if i don't have that so i wouldn't mm -hmm. touch it ever again and then you're like oh yeah i know this someone I'm like okay <clears throat> right <laughs> like, sweet because uh, i really only had like a couple more trophies to get because i'd like hit grinded that game a lot so i really liked that game when i was when it first came out that marvel ultimate lines too and i had like two more trophies to get in the for the platinum and then the uh dlc trophies took like i don't know 10 15 minutes each one to get so it's not it wasn't that bad of yeah. 
a grind for me. So. Oh yeah, it's not bad. And then um, with the new PlayStation, like you know, the tiered uh, PlayStation Plus, I have the top tier or whatever, and you can do the streaming games now. And they had Star Wars Force Unleashed on there. And I was like, well, I'll give this. I mean, I'll try to do this one. It was like really hard back in the day, but now there's like. I like Googled some of the stuff and there's some workarounds and there's some like level skips you can do. And there's some glitches, not like terrible glitches, but like I didn't want to have to play through the whole game again on like hard. So you can like level skip. Um, Cause I did beat it before, but I was, I didn't want to go all like through Sith Lord difficulty and play it all the way through again, because that's a pain in the ass. Cause you die in like two hits and the game is like half broken, you know? Cause like, Wait. It's like slippery jumping, and uh, it's like it's just not polished really well. I mean, back then it probably was great, but now it's like frustrating because you can't jump where you want to jump sometimes, or um, you miss your platform, or you know they just fucking annihilate you when you're trying to when they're shooting at you and stuff. So, like the Death Star level is just on on hard difficulty is just almost impossible. So. Unless you know, like, some of the tricks to beat it. And then, you know, of course I had to beat Darth Vader again on whatever the Sith Lord difficulty was, which wasn't too bad once you know the, the method, but there's no, I mean, it's, it's kind of fun to like, do that and also kind of frustrating. I just didn't want to do the whole game that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally understand. I'd fucking do it too. So Even if I did enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> if I could have skipped to the end of fucking... Uh, Romancing Saga 2, uh, just to get the other Legend Trophy or whatever somehow, I would have done that. Like, it only took me not eight, eight, eight or nine hours or something, trying to speedrun. Yeah. Uh, but still, like, that's eight or nine hours I could have yeah. done doing something else. Like, I said, I already played the game, I just want to be get the trophy and beat up with it. So, I definitely understand. Yeah, there's like, you had fun with the game, and now it's like, okay, I only have a few more trophies to get the Platinum. Especially in this game, like, you can get all the trophies except for the, you know, not final uh, emperor trophy or whatever it's called. I would actually wager that if you knew exactly what you're doing, it's possible to do everything in one go. Oh, yeah. Uh, save you just have to, like, save right before the point of no return, yeah. kill the, the seven heroes thing, and then reload the save and beat it again. Oh, well, you'd have to, like, get back there with a new party and shit or whatever with a new emperor, but... That's kind of hard think... too, because as you're playing it, like you're still figuring things out, and some like, I don't know, someone would have to tell you that, I guess. Like we, yeah. Could, oh yeah, we could be like, oh, you can do it in one run, just like, don't kill these. Like you have to do this. Well, with that whale thing though, could isn't there that tied to a trophy? Like you can't kill the whale. Uh, no, you no, that's only so that you don't make a subir harder. On your first playthrough oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he could probably be pretty hard if you are not, like, fully leveled up. Well, I think even fighting the Narwhal would be fucking hard. Because that thing has, like, 30k HP. And yeah. in your first playthrough, there's no way you have enough strength to do, like, to take that thing out. I guess unless you were grinding in the maze of memories. Oh, That would yeah. be the only way I can think you can do that. That's, that's, the, that's probably the way to do it. But it's, like, it's almost about the same amount of time, if you think about it. If you have to go grind or play the game again. So... You might as well play it for fun the first time and get as many trophies as you can, and then the second playthrough, just, you know, pick up at the things you missed. Definitely. 
Anyways, um, I don't think, what else have I been playing? Um, I did, I'm pulling up my, uh, I think I did, oh, the Stray game, did you, did you see that one? Uh, with the cat? Yeah. It was, uh, uh yeah, I heard you get, like, plat in, like, ten hours, so, I'll yeah. do it eventually, but. Yeah, it's not that bad of a plat, because it's, like, pretty straightforward, um, so, yeah, it was free for PlayStation Plus, so I played that. It's a pretty fun little, like, platformer, your cat. Um, I would say it's worth it. Just kind of a light game where you're not thinking too much, you know? Like, if you want to kind of, like, a break game between, like, really long ones, it's kind of a good, like, you know... Like a palate cleanser. Yeah, palate cleanser. Um, so, yeah, since Outer Worlds, uh, I also played... I. I went back to Broken Age. It's kind of like a, a point-and-click adventure type game. Um, I finished that one up because I started it like five years ago, beat it, and just never platinum it. I went back and got those trophies. And then I saw that um, there's a game I used to play when I was a kid. It's called Sunset Riders. I don't know if you ever played it. Uh, it was like an arcade game. Is that with the Cowboys yeah. or something? It was like Cowboys. And me and my best friend used to go to the movie theater and play it uh, every time we go, every time we went. Uh, we got so good at that game, we could beat it on like one quarter. But I saw that there was a, it's on PS4 now, on this arcade archives. Okay. And so I got that and beat that in like an hour, but... <laughs> uh, nice. It's kind of a little nostalgia thing if you get... If, there's a lot of those like arcade games, if you go to those arcade archives, so... That's something to yeah, uh, I played one of them because I saw it was I uh, was like looking through the PS Store once or whatever, um, and Gaga fuck and all that kind of stuff too. I think uh, there's I can't remember what the hell the game is called. I can't find it on my my list, but it's like some weird one where it's like a first person or, or it's like over the shoulder thing. And you're a knight hmm. and you get like monsters coming at you and you have to like swing your sword at them and like shoot magic and shit. I don't know. It took me like two hours to get a hundred percent of the trophies. Yeah, um, but it's it was like it was something I looked at I'd never seen before, but apparently it was an arcade game, and I played it and I was like, wow, this is pretty fun. So there's definitely lots of, like hidden gems on that. Yeah, so if there's any kind of like, if you're older like us or me, for example, like uh, you can go look through there and there's probably some arcade games from your childhood that you forgot even existed. <clears throat> and then the other, the only other game I played was uh, Valhalla. Um, spelled VA-11. Oh, the Cyberpunk Bar game. Yeah, which I guess is uh, related to 2099 Memories, whatever that game's called. Uh, I guess that's the first game in the series, and then there's characters from that game that show up in this one. I never played that one, though. Um, but this is kind of like you make uh, drinks for your patrons, and this one's like a bar one. I played like the coffee one. It's like Coffee Talk or something like that. Okay. Uh, that's like a sequel to this, but this one is uh, you're at a bar serving alcoholic drinks, and the story is kind of boring and well, at least to me, uh, I'd, it was kind of like eh, and I just kind of like rushed through it just to beat it. But uh, I thought it was going to be interesting. I just, I just wasn't feeling it. So. Hey, when that happens. Yeah. What have you been up to? Uh, well, since we last played, 
Outer Worlds. I've just been dabbling in a bunch of random bullshit. Uh, mainly been doing games that have server closures or had server closures soon. Namely, uh, mm. like the Killzone games. This is a VR game called Rigs, which fucking was an awful experience. I don't recommend it to anybody. Uh, Overwatch. Um, Everybody's Golf, which was interesting because I played Hot Shots Golf when I was a kid. And it's I didn't realize everybody's golf or our hot shots golf is a, a, is called everybody's golf everywhere else I guess except America. So when I saw everybody's golf, I'm like, the fuck is this bullshit? And it's just hot shots golf and it's golfing and that's it. <laughs> uh, and then like the only game I played for fun uh, was Romantic Saga 2, even though I played it for the show. Yeah, uh, which is. Disappointing. Uh, hopefully, well, I, I did try a time easy out and I played it for like four hours because uh, who was it? Uh, Travis and oh yeah, everyone's talking about it. everybody like Budai. I think spokes maybe like a bunch of people were sh- jerking it off. Yeah, and Travis was like, "Oh man, you gotta play it. You gotta play it." And uh, I played it and it's pretty fun. And I'll get back to it, I guess. But uh, had other priorities, so Tamizia. that's where we are now. You like you wanna like it because it's uh it's it's like Budborn. It's really fast paced and uh die a lot. so it's uh souls like and apparently that stresses you out. And this game probably stresses you out because you could die pretty fast. Yeah, I hate dying. Uh and so like don't get me wrong, like uh whatever Souls games are like I get the appeal but and I had fun playing um what was it? Elden Ring? I had fun, mm-hmm. but also it was like it was too much. It was like one too long for me, so I was just like, it wasn't as stressful <laughs> as Pierce Alar trying to do that fucking maze. But um, fuck that thing. <laughs> but those two games in a row kind of like burnt me out, you know. Like I was like, ugh, another fucking. Can't believe it did. Can't believe it did that shit twice. But it was easy. It was way easier after like you already done it once. Yeah. Uh, it's whatever. Back, yeah, like the way back is way easier than just getting there the first time. Because um, the way back, I think I only, it only took me like four or five tries. Yeah. Which the, it is posted on. If you go into the Pure Solar uh, message, not message board, but uh, on the server for our Discord, there's a Pure Solar page. I post all the videos, and one, there's a couple of them. So if you're having, if you are, I guess I. I said this in the Pierce Solar one. In the review, yeah. But uh yeah, it's it's in there if you wanna have some tips on it. But really it's just timing. Like you can't that that game is just straight timing. You just gotta get used to it. So Yeah, the the hard part is that it's like six minutes straight of focus and concentration and Yeah, you can't mess up once. That's that's yeah. It's like five hundred inputs you have to do or something. It's fucking insane. Yep. And oh well. So uh, that's kind of like getting trophies like that. Like makes me like and getting platinums on games like that, or and having you know, yeah, I don't I don't have like two hundred platinums or whatever, but I don't do all that shovel or shit and just get like eighty. I guess there's like eighty or hundred games right now. You could just platinum in like a couple minutes by just putting like hitting X for two minutes. Oh sweet summer childs, you're way wrong. There's like four thousand games. Because each one of them has 
a PS3 version, a Vita version, a PS4 version. Some of them have a PS5 version. And then you have region stacks. So it's North America, Europe, Hong Kong, Asia, uh, Japan, Korea. And there's all kinds of, all those count as different trophy stacks for people to do in five minutes. So like the number two like a uh, person in the United States or whatever has like 4,000 something plats and most of them are in those those games it's like <laughs> I guess like I guess I understand the like the the appeal of being high on the on the leaderboard for some fucking reason but what kind of life is that like that's the only games you play that's can't be fun that can't be fun so I'd rather have fun with the game and then get the platinum you know and you know, yeah I did it type thing and then move on like I'm fine, like, I kind of made peace with, like, I'm never going to be high on the leaderboard, but I'll be, like, you know, I can, in the country, like, I'm top 10,000 in the country, and that's just on this PSN Network Profiles website, but, um, that's good enough for me, like, top 10,000, whatever. You're definitely in the top of, like, completion percentage, too, so. Yeah, my completion percentage is, like, almost to 80 that's my goal is to at least get 80 and then I won't really worry about too many of them. But there's like, there's a time where I just like tried out games and like got one trophy <laughs> and stopped playing it. I'm like, why did I do that? I wish I'd never got any trophies on that game. And I have to go. Yeah. And that really drags down your percentage. Just like one trophy. Like, uh, I think Dong and Rampa, I did like, I got one trophy and, that Sword Art Online game, which we're probably going to play for the show now because I got one trophy in it. And eventually I'll pick that. Oh, yeah. I'll eventually pick which one that. is that? Uh, Hollow Realization. Is that uh, like the first That's one. the first one that came out, I think, right? Yeah. And I like, this, uh, I like the first uh, Sword Art, and that game is based on that first uh, season, I think. So it's not any of like, the lamer seasons. I, the, the ones that came after I did was not into so okay did you watch all the well, seasons uh i think i've watched everything except the new uh alice liquorization thing whatever the fuck that is mm. uh where i guess they go to another world because i saw there's original sword art and then they go to the elf place yeah and then there's like the gun place yep and that's the last one i watched uh but i guess they have a new one where uh kirito gets like reborn or something or like, he goes to this new world and i guess loses his memory or some bullshit and like <clears throat> some blonde kid that he's best friends with and there's some new girl who's like special for some fucking reason i don't know but they have a game about it so (laughs) play that eventually (laughs) yeah but uh and then i think oh yeah i just been playing uh super mario rpg so i got to the tadpole pond or whatever it's called oh yeah i just got there not too far yet but that's the next game we're playing so yeah, it's a pretty easy one, so it's not like anything you have to worry too much about. Yeah, and, we've... and there's no trophies, so no trophies. <laughs> but I'm probably gonna want to get like some of the. You know, I want to. I don't. I'll probably do that Star Man trick at like World's End or whatever, and just go through and level up to like 25 or something, and just run through the rest of the game. Yeah, but I'll probably do all the alternate uh, or the extra content, except like the hundred jumps, because fuck that. Yeah, I was trying to do that today. I got to like twelve. I'm like, what did I miss? I felt like it was I was going good, and then like, where did I? I don't know how touchy it gets when she gets past ten, but I guess you have like four or five frames or something to press the damn button. Gotcha. So it's like half a second or a quarter of a se- or three quarters of a second. Some weird 
amount of time, and you have to be consistent with it because after I think 14 jumps, it's the same. It doesn't change anymore. But so you have to do that same input for 86 presses, which makes it. Oh, also, if you get 100 jumps exactly, you didn't actually get 100 jumps. You have to get 101 because it doesn't count the first jump. So don't fuck up. Oh, I don't know if I'll try for that or not. But yeah. Mm. Um, if you're wondering, Travis, if you guys are wondering where Travis is, he noped out of this game in like an hour. Or so, hey, Travis. Yeah. Uh, I was well, he talking? Him and Budai and Blaine were all talking shit, and uh, Travis was like, "Yeah, fuck this game." And <laughs> so he's like, "I'm not playing it." And like, I was like, "I'm not surprised. I wasn't expecting you to play this game. It's an RPG. You don't play RPGs anymore, man." Oh yeah, me and him got in a little argument about that. He's like, "Yeah, I'm playing a Super Mario RPG and liking it." I'm like, do you see that analogy I uh, said to him? Uh. Yeah, I remember reading it, but I don't remember what you said. I was like, you're like a vegan that still likes the smell of cheeseburgers, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, yes, it does. Like, you, <laughs> you you, like the idea or the smell of RPGs, but you just don't really you don't really play them anymore. And like, yeah. Super Mario RPG is like, yeah, I remember that cheeseburger I had 10 years ago. That was good. <laughs> but, I don't know. I mean, and I understand, like, the sentiment because a lot of games in general nowadays are fucking shovelware so it's hard finding a good rpg that you want to invest time in and he as i guess does shit all the time whatever the fuck like he's not often sitting down in one spot and i feel like an rpg it doesn't require concentration in like gameplay but it requires concentration in story uh, and like you need downtime to be able to like read the story, absorb it, like get into the world. And he's more of like get up and go, play platformers for ten minutes, and then fucking do something else kind of guy. And he's nowadays he does a lot of handheld stuff. Yeah. So he'll probably he'll be on the next one when we do uh, Mario RPG. So maybe if if we can match up timing. If not, we're, we'll skip him again because yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. But, but I'm it's sure hard, it's hard sure we'll, we'll, we'll we'll work something out. It's hard to get to get just me and you to line up, so third person is like damn near impossible. Except if it's Blaine. Blaine seems to be available all the time, which is neat. Well, now he's a stay-at-home dad. Well, before even when he was working, he'd be like, "It's like middle of the fucking night." He's like, "Yeah, let's record." I'm like, whoa, don't you work or something? <laughs> oh wait, I think he. Well, he said he was going to quit his job, but then he didn't, so he's still working there. Oh okay. Oh yeah, he said the 401k thing didn't work out. But so yeah. Oh well. <laughs> Anything else you want to get off your chest before we get into the meat of this? Uh, well, I guess I should. Uh, we should figure out. Um, well, we could probably end up recording Super Mario next week if you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, and then we have two weeks of either dead time, or we could start up a different game and then get to uh, zero. When we get to it, like what? Because I know you mentioned Alliance Alive. How long does that take? Do you know? Um, let's see. How long to beat? I don't think it's that. Alliance Alive. So it's twenty nine hours for main story, forty hours for extras and shit. Yeah. I don't know how the trophies are, but yeah, we might be able to do that depending on how quickly you get through Mario. Because I, I played uh I played that on 3ds I think is what it was 
Um, I liked it, but then I think I got into Trails, like, in the middle of that, and I just never got... And Trails, like, it took me a year to get through all, like, five games or whatever it was at that time. Yeah. And then I just never went back to it, because then it came out on PlayStation. I'm like, oh, I'll just play it on PlayStation and get the trophies. And then, you know, just other things kept coming out, and then I was like, maybe we'll just do it for the show one day, and so that's why I've been saving it. Got it. Let's buy the the guy that makes Weekend and worked on it, right? Yeah, but it's like a it, it feels like a saga game because it's like the same kind of like spark system and different weapons. You get different abilities and um, the one I remember though is like if you defend, your defense goes up, so you can like basically like take zero damage after a while. If you just okay. grind, I might be misremembering, but I think I remember getting to that point, and then that's kind of when I was like. I was just grinding for, like, getting my guys just buffed up, but... <clears throat> well, I'm looking at the trophy list for that game, and there is a speedrun trophy for, I guess, defeating the final boss within 10 hours. Yeah. It says Kawasa. I don't know. I've never played the games. I don't know who that is, but uh, that'll be fun. I think uh, you can New Game Plus it and then, like, run through it. Oh, sweet. Okay, that's not too bad. I, was really... saying... I think there's, like, a secret... Either you can New Game Plus it or there's, like, a shortcut where you can get like just beat the game like it like real quick or something like that you can skip a bunch of shit i don't know interesting i'll do some research on that but i think it's pretty easy plat it looks like a bunch of people beat it in three days and then like the rest of, like a week two weeks three weeks so it's not too bad so yeah maybe we'll, do well that. that's 100 percent at least well yeah maybe we'll do that just to um bridge the gap between because uh, Trails from Zero comes out like 28th or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm really pumped about that. <laughs> oh, I know you've been going fanboying. Hopefully you don't hate it. I mean, I I just love that universe, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, I'm sure I won't. Like, uh... You like you liked, uh, Trails in the uh, Cold Steel, right? Yeah. And I liked uh, what I played of first chapter... But I didn't really like play very much because there wasn't any trophies. So <laughs> and there's other games that I was trying to get trophies in, and it kind of fell to the wayside. Like there's a lot more games I'd play that I would that I'd want to play, uh, if not for the show, because there's also like that whole thing where uh, I got to play games that I maybe wasn't intending to play because somebody else picked them. Right, right. But then again, that, that's just like an excuse because I could play any of the games I want to play at any time and just stop doing like multiplayer games, but. I got that FOMO going, so I can't miss out on that shit. I'm just glad I never started those, because I'd probably be like the same. The only one I I uh, wish I... Well, there's like um, a Drake's game, you know, where the multiplayer... Uh, oh, the Uncharted whatever? Uncharted, yeah. It's an Uncharted 2 that I think had online trophies I never got. Uh, 2 and 3. Yeah, So and then there's like a Assassin's Creed I didn't get. Like I have all the regular trophies... For platinum, but I don't have any of the online because I was like, fuck. oh okay, I was like fuck online back then, <laughs> and that's when I stopped playing Assassin's Creed. I was like fuck all this online shit. It pisses me off. Um, and then uh, White Knight Chronicles, like you can still platinum that one, but it takes like two hundred hours now because there's no online. Oh yeah. So those are a couple. That's gonna be fun to do. Yeah. Yeah, unless someone finds a way to fake a server or something like that one day. I don't know. 
But it is on the PlayStation. Uh, like you can play it on the streaming PS3 version. So it's there. But I don't know that many people would want to put 200 hours into a game, though. Yeah. Well, I'm probably. That's rough. <laughs> but it'd probably be something you just do like. It'll take you like a couple months, and you just do a couple hours, or you know, every other day or something. Just yeah, get a couple, and then do something else, and then do a couple. You just have to hack away at it, type thing. Uh, I plan to do it eventually, so that'll be good times for me. <laughs> yeah, and then we could do it for the show. I hated that game because um, I remember, like, when I started it, like the character that you play is just like a background character like it's weird the main character of the game is like not the main like not your player character and so your guy's just like some schlub like on the background interesting yeah it's weird i was like what the heck is this like no one like no one really ever acknowledges you really like yours there <laughs> it's, it's kind of weird where the hell is the white knight come in like do, is that like so that your slubby character gets that or no the main character gets that and like that's uh, what the fuck? Of, <laughs> it's kind of, okay. It's kind of like a Megazord type thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just remembering that too because this is like a decade ago. But yeah, yeah. damn. But maybe it's not as bad now. I just didn't give it the time of day. I don't know. Ten told. I thought it was interesting because I thought like I saw the trailer and like there was like some weird thing with how you choose attacks on the. Uh, they show up on the bottom of the screen, but maybe I'm remembering the, the wrong game. Yeah, I don't think the, the gameplay is bad. I think just the story pissed me off, and I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, fuck, no, I'm done. Back back then, I was just like, nah, I'm out. Now I probably would have saw all the way through and gave it a chance, but that's back before I got really back into gaming 100. percent I was just kind of doing it for fun still. Well, I, I still do it for fun, but it was a different type of fun. So, for sure, for sure. I can relate to that. All right. Well, well, I guess we'll get into the game then. <laughs> uh, so, Romantic Saga 2. Um, this is actually the fifth game in the Saga series. We've played a couple for the show before uh, because the first three are Final the Final Fantasy Legend games in America. Yeah, you did. I did the first one with you guys, the Game Boy one. Mm hmm. And then you guys did well, the second one, right? Uh, well, yeah, but they're, they're all Game Boy. Yeah. So, uh, I think we did number one and two. Uh, I can't remember which one had ended with you fighting God, if that was the first one or not. That's the first one. Okay. Yeah, I remember that one. Because there's, like, hidden room. Like, there's, like, one of the stages you have to, like, go through a hidden walkway to advance. And I was like, if I didn't find a guide, I would, like, I don't know how people did it back in the day. But anyways, yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, that's the same with this game. Like, uh, there's plenty of um, passageways that are on the bottom of the tiles. Yeah. And the tiles are like, it's a hidden pathway. And the tiles are like, just, they look like walls. So you have no fucking idea that there's actually a path there. I guess unless you wander around Yeah, like the forever. One, the one, there's one in um, that Sears Citadel where, like, the volcano island level where you're trying to go find the um, that mage guy. And there's like, you go up the stairs and it's it's like a infinite loop, but the real way to go is like at the bottom of the screen. There's like a hidden passageway, mm -hmm. and I was like, I stop. I, I wasn't like 
totally following the guide like all the way at that point. I was just kind of like, oh yeah, I'll just get through this uh, little dungeon real quick. And I was like, what the fuck? And I like went back to the guide, and they're like, yeah, at the first at that stairway, yeah, go down. I'm like, holy. Yeah, I did the same thing because like I went up the stairs like twenty times, and I kept seeing the same enemies. I'm like, there's something, <laughs> something going on here. Yeah, what the fuck? Because I was like on like autopilot, just kind of like going through the like wasn't really paying attention to battles because I was like. At that point, I think I could just own all those guys real quick, or whatever strategy I was using. I had it like on lock, where I just kind of knew the cadence, and I just kept going. And I was like, well, "Yeah, why am I keep fighting all these battles? I'm not getting anywhere." I'm like, "Oh shit, this is probably one of those like hidden doorway parts." And it was, um, but yeah, it it's definitely got some of that aspect into it in this game. Um, let's see. When was this game released? 2003 or something like that? Or 1993? Uh, yeah, so the original uh, one was on 1993 in Japan only for the Super Famicom. And uh, we didn't get this officially uh, at all until uh, May 26th, I think, in 2016. Uh... Oh, no, it was... Uh... December 15th, 2017, it was put on to Windows, Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox uh, overseas. And I think they also did a, a Vita version, because uh, you can play this on the Vita as well. Uh, but I don't see the date for that anywhere. <laughs> it's probably the same date as the PS4 version. So that probably all came out at the same time. Oh, Vita, yeah, December 15th. Worldwide, December 15th, 2017. So... It's also on the iOS and Android stores if you want to play there oh, for whatever yeah. reason. Um, but yeah, so we're playing the updated version. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, it has all the nice uh, extras like New Game Plus and Carryover and all kinds of fun stuff. And the, the DLC dungeons and shit. Yes. Which are a base game in this, which is nice. Um, so yeah, I guess the... Uh, I don't know who like was responsible for development. Like it was just a like a square. It's a square series. I don't know who like was developed. responsible for the romancing saga shit. It says developed by Square, published by Square. Yeah, but I feel like there's a person who's like the mastermind behind all the saga games. Is I just don't know who uh, that is. Oh, a uh, series creator is Akatoshi Kawazu. Kawazu, yep, yeah, he's the director too. And then uh, the composer is Kenji Ito, who also works on some of the mana games. Yeah, and then Yamatsu had a couple songs on here. I saw that. Okay. When I was like trying to pick a song, I saw I was like, oh, there's two Yamatsus in there. That's the Final Fantasy guy, right? Yeah, as far as I'm aware. Nobuo. Yeah. Yamatsu. Yep. Yeah, if you. Um. Yeah. Oh, what were you saying? Well, I was like, there's two songs in. Uh, I was trying to see if it sounded much different, but they all kind of sounded the same. Well, a lot of flutiness, but we'll get to that in music, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, go ahead into premise, I guess. Alrighty, so uh, the premise of Romancing Saga 2 is is the second of a trilogy. The first one is uh, untitled. Like, it doesn't have a subtitle, I don't think, uh, until they do the remake. It's uh, Romancing Saga Minstrel Song. And there's Romancing Saga 2, and then Romancing Saga 3. And so uh, did, I guess there's a connection between them, but I have no idea what, idea what it is. Did you... Do, is uh, there a remake for Saga 1? Is Why did you pick Saga 2 instead of Saga 1? Because Saga 1 isn't out in uh, English yet. 
Oh, that's weird. Uh, I think well, I think there's a PS2 version, but there's no way I'm gonna go buy that shit. Uh, and they're gonna remake, or, or I guess they're either remaking or remastering Minstrel Song sometime in the next year or two, anyway, for the PS4, PS5. So okay, makes sense. Uh, but as far as I'm aware, they're separate, like narratives. They just have a like a tenuous connection, somehow. I don't know exactly what that is, but. Okay. The well, part of a trilogy. We'll so. find out when we play the first one, I guess. <laughs> uh, I was, heard there was lots of like backlash because they changed all the art from uh, Romantic Saga 1 to the remaster, and I agree. Like I looked at all the artworks and all the character designs, and they look worse for some fucking reason. I don't know why they changed everything, but I guess they, maybe they got a new art director, and they're like, ah, I'm going to do my own shit. Oh, uh, okay. But who knows? Um, so, the Romantic Saga 2, the player character... Uh, changes quite uh, rapidly. Um, the first thing you do is you decide to name your character, but you don't see it, this character until the very end of the game. So you Incorrect. are naming your... Well, I mean, you see them at like the, the beginning prologue thing with the bard or whatever, but like you don't actually... like Unless you're looking for them, you don't notice that, that that's that person. Yeah, and you know, it's... I... Yeah, I didn't realize that till the second playthrough. I'm like, oh, that's the final emperor. Okay, now it makes sense. The bard is telling the story. Okay. Like, I kind of... I didn't, like... It was like a disconnect. Like, hey, it's like a kid comes up to the bard and it's like, tell me the story or whatever. And then the bard starts singing. Because I was like, there's a bard sprite and, like, there's a quest in the game in this game, like a side quest, to find all the bard's instruments. But then you never see the bard unless I, I missed that part. But I never found the bard in-game. Did you? No. So the bard is, like, the mascot for Saga Frontier oh, that's 1, 2, and 3, okay. apparently. That's the thing where they're all tied together is the bard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because yeah, I guess there's always the bard telling some kind of story or some bullshit. Right. Which I guess, that's like, that's why I'm like, it's a, such a tenuous <laughs> connection that it might as well not even be one. That makes sense, then. Okay, the bard just telling the story. Uh, yep, yeah. so like you name your character and you briefly see them, but you don't recognize them unless you play the game. Um, and the bard's like telling some story about how the world was saved from these like seven heroes or the seven heroes that were, were prophesized to save the world and then came back and tried destroying it. Um, not exactly it, true, but yeah, well, yeah, like we'll kind of get into the nitty gritty on that, yeah, we'll get that uh, or whatever, yeah, we'll get but that. like. As far as everybody's concerned, like there were seven heroes and they were prophesied they saved the world and they were prophesized to come back and save the world again. But they came back and they started fucking shit up instead. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the player begins the game as this guy named King Leon. And uh, as the story goes on, you get this like inheritance magic which allows you to pass your consciousness kind of onto the next uh person that's going to be the ruler of the empire and so your next player character inherits all the uh the leveled up stats not your character stats but like your leveled up stats that you've uh worked on with that character over to the next one and over and over and over so it's it's up to you on like how you want to play the game or if you just want to focus on like swords or if you want to balance your stats between everybody because um you have to get to this more in mechanics but every time you use a different uh, style of attack in combat, you get experience points after combat ends, and everything that you uh, took an action with gets experience points allocated to it. 
you didn't use an action in that category, you don't get points. So it's like a balancing act between winning the fight and then like delaying the fight long enough to use a couple different things to get experience points level shit up if that's what you want to do. There's a lot of hidden uh, systems in this game, which goes to a lot of people's frustrations because they're not sure what's going on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you play as King Leon, and then some shit happens, and his son Gerard uh, takes over, and then after the end of Gerard's reign, you get a random uh, recruit that you've found who becomes emperor, and so on and so forth until you either run out of people because they all died, and you get to the final emperor, or uh, you kill five of the heroes, and you are forced to be the final emperor, unless you do some shenanigans to get past that. And the ultimate objective of the game is to kill all seven heroes and uh, secure peace for the continent. Yep. So, uh, I guess we'll start with our uh, first category, gameplay. Uh, what we've taken to doing uh, the last, I don't know, seven, eight episodes now, so I guess it's a regular thing, is uh, we kind of break down gameplay into the battle system, how character growth works, if there are any minigames, how does traversal work, what are shops like, is there anything unique about the game, um, stuff like that. Then we do our likes and dislikes, uh, rate it, take a break, and keep moving on. Um, so I guess we can start with the battle system. Do you want to talk about this a little bit? Yeah, uh, if you played any of the so you know previous Saga games, it's uh, pretty much the same. Um, it's what's it? Not active time battle, but it's just regular. Uh, um, what do they call that? Shit. Uh, just regular turn based. Turn -based. It's like speed. It's speed based. Uh, well, depending on your formation. Oh yeah. So, Oh, yeah, so there's different formations you can get uh, that affect the battle. There's one that's like OP, um, but which lets you start like do all your attacks first. But every there's like a bunch of different formations, like you know, like the emperor's in the middle, or the emperor's in the front, or everyone's in the front. There's a bunch of different formations, and some have benefits over others. Um, but it's just turn-based battle. I think speed determines who goes first, and so on and so forth. Um, you can use regular attacks, magic, skills. Um, that's it, right? You can um, you can equip like a bomb or a quality bomb, but that's about it for healing in emergencies. Yeah, it's it's pretty. Uh, you're pretty basic uh, battle system, you know, Super Nintendo era era where uh, it's just turn-based. Um, what else is there? Um, so there's sparking, uh, which is uh, pretty common. I think, I'm not sure on this, but every game i played on Saga series so far is sparking. It's probably in every game, right, you'd say? Yeah, I don't think the Game Boy ones had it, but I may be mistaken, because I think those, we just had, like, basic shit. Was that just like, you, had your... like you get random stat-ups or something? Uh, it depends on the race. So, like, humans were uh, the ones that got regular, like, oh, stat up. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. like, the elves were, or something were mostly magical. The robots you had to fight parts for or something. And then, like, the monsters you had to eat shit uh, to get, like, transformed into new monsters or whatever. Um, yeah. But this one, uh, it's 
none of that. Like, it's quite different from the other Saga games, like uh, Saga Frontier. After fighting, you your stats will randomly level up. This one, there is no stat growth at all. So this kind of like it kind of goes into character growth, but it ties into the battle system in the, in the other games. But this one, there is none. Like you don't get stats up after like there's no leveling technically. There's no like stat ups. There's nothing uh, for your characters. Like if your characters have shitty stats, they're gonna have shitty stats until they die or you get to the next generation. Yeah, um, but you randomly get. See, I think I'm not sure how this system works in the background, but your hit points will go up until nine ninety nine. Uh, you max out at 999. Uh, yeah, so that's so I guess correction. <laughs> that's the only stat that goes up besides your MP and your SP. Um, so your your health goes up based on the amount of battles you fought. Uh, there's a like a behind the scenes counter that's keeping track of your battles. And then after X many battles, you get uh, HP assigned to your character based on your stamina value so each character has a different stamina value and that just only thing that does is control how much hp you get randomly uh when it's time to have the battle hp thing happen and it can it's a like a set value with a plus or minus i don't know three or something so it's not always quite the same amount of hp but you at least get something yeah and then so the more you use a, a particular weapon uh that also your weapon levels go up and i think that i'm not sure if it's global uh level up or just that character's global it's kind of confusing because there's like it's... level magic so the more magic you use the, the everyone has the same level but i think with um attacking so like say you well, there's a global there too okay but everything has global so but it's weird uh... because like say like you level up like so i have like a staff on my mage that like I would use um, that gives a, like attack up or something to everyone. Like if you use like that staff skill, but every time like a new generation would start, they would start with no uh, uh, skip. Like what is it, SP or whatever? No levels. No levels in that skill. Right. So I don't. I didn't really understand why I didn't carry over. Um, that is because every character is unique, and some characters like uh, even in the same class. Some of them are, will, for some reason, be good with swords and spears. But then you have a, the next uh, generation, he's only good with spears. And then the next generation is only good with swords. And so you have to, like, reference a table okay. with all the character stats and be like, okay, do I want to pick somebody who has, like, a predetermined, uh, like, skill level with a, a type of weapon? Or do I want uh, to use somebody that uh, has a different type of weapon? So if, like, you want somebody to use swords, you have to reference this chart and find out if they have starting sword stats. If they don't, you don't want to pick them because they'll have level zero, and you got to grind them from zero, which is a pain in the ass. Right. I mean, so, it does kind of go up quickly. The you're at a higher enemy level, um, but yeah, it is annoying. But usually, like they'll like when you go to talk to that character you're trying to recruit, they'll say, "I'm good in swords in this, or I'm good in axes, or I'm good in whatever." So you already kind of know, like, okay, if my axe, my base axe levels if you know like you already kind of got your axe level up before you know this guy's gonna have a, a high axe level when you recruit him so it's not that bad but it's just like i was saying like the mages like they don't have any kind of really attack skill and like there's like one staff that i like to use and then so they have no you have to kind of build that up that's the only thing i ever had an issue with 
Yeah, well, some of them have like a minus five in staff slash axe or whatever. So you just have to find the right ones that have that. And then some, like I said, some of them even in that same category have just nothing. So you you recruit them and they have no melee abilities at all. And it's like, God damn it. So yeah, also in battle, um, you can equip up to four weapons, I think. Um, and each weapon will have like the skills that... Uh, so you have skills that are attached to each weapon. Um... So long so there's like short swords or one hand swords, two handed swords, axes, uh, martial arts, uh, spears, bow and arrow. I think is all what they all are. Maybe. Uh, is oh, it, you said short mace. swords already? Yeah, and a mace. Or is mace and axe kind of the same, right? Uh, oh yeah, like so the the level up category for swords and or for one handed swords and two handed swords is the same. And then axes and clubs and spears and short swords and then you have bow and then martial arts. But but um, spears and short swords they have the same global level but different skills. Well, so do swords and great swords <laughs> yes, and then so axes and clubs obviously. So right, so it's kind of like they share but they don't. <laughs> um, so every time you spark a skill though, you. Uh, the next generation, you can go like you go to your castle and you can go and relearn that skill without having to spark it again. So after you spark something, even if that person dies and you know for good, um, that you you don't have to worry about losing it. And also, so to go with that, like uh, every character has so many life points. So if you played any other saga games, it's the same where. Uh, if they die in battle, you can revive them only so many times before they're dead for good. Um, but there is um, potions you can get to give them more life points. Um, at first, you only get them like a few per generation, but then there is like a witch you can go to and just kind of. It's a kind of tedious process because um, your character can only carry 10,000 gold at a time, and she needs 10,000 gold for the potion um but to get more money you have to go all the way back to your castle <laughs> so you can only i only did that a couple times when i was like getting low on somebody i was like i'll just do it you know a couple more life points and top them off a little bit you know because if they die then you have to recruit like the same character but they're not the same character and so they might not have some of the same like abilities or whatever so it's kind of annoying <clears throat> well yeah like and there's that and like if you had been working on them a while like they're starting like uh or their current like power level yeah like a uh, sword level or whatever like you, you hired them and they're like it was like 20 and you were using them for a while and it's like 28 now but if you hire the same unit again it's gonna be back at like 20 or 21 because it may have leveled up from the global level or something but still it's not as high as it was right so you waste more you have to waste more time or just deal with a weaker character and it's like this is such a pain in the ass it also takes like 30 fucking minutes to get the equipment back to put their skills back to put the magic back the way you wanted it yeah and that's one of my uh dislikes is that if you have to have a new character in your, on your team or anytime a new generation where you get four new characters you have to go re-equip everyone you have to go give them all the skills again um all the magic again so um it's kind of annoying um but kind of going back to uh battle um each like i was saying each uh weapon will have a skill attached to it and you can relearn those skills 
and it's some there's some unique weapons that have their own unique skill um but there really isn't any that once you get like the best there's like the best skills you can get uh, once you get those there's not really any of them that are great besides the one that hurts um undead creatures i use that sword all, i kept that sword um you know what i'm talking about dayblade yeah, the, the dayblade had like this holy light and that like almost instant kills it does a lot of damage it might not insta kill him but basically it does um all kind of undead creatures so yeah you also there's also another great sword that you get early on and thinking the gemstone mines it's called the exerciser that has a similar ability but you have to spark it the i think the day we have to spark it in the daylight the day sword too or whatever yeah but once uh, you spark it everyone, yeah once you spark it everyone can use it like on that sword yeah but it's only for weapons uh yeah. and some of the weapons have like the the same tech can be used on different weapons but only one weapon can spark the tech <laughs> like the like that daylight the 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 day blade or whatever it's called yeah. it has the holy light or something whatever the tech is called yeah you can also find a mace called the holy buster in this forgotten village thing that can also learn that same ability but you can't spark it on that weapon and the most uh probably prolific example would be the crescent blade or crescent sword it could oh, you yeah. can spark uh like this throwing tech where you like it's called a crescent throw or some shit yeah and like, you throw the blade but then like there's randomly like four or five other swords that just have the ability on it once you spark it it's like okay yeah i was like oh i don't remember learning that and you're like oh just because you learned it once it's on all these other ones but it's like it's very it's really confusing uh because you're like, why is that doing on this one, but this other sword? And you're just like, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just going with it at this point. <laughs> there's so much, there, I mean, there's a lot of shit in this game that I can understand why people are confused. and might not like it, but I also like it because it's different and it's a lot, there's a lot more to think about. It's not just simple. It's simple, but not simple. <laughs> um, well, like, uh, so like learning text, like in like a regular quote unquote, RPG, like you level up to level 10 and you're like, oh, I got my new ability. In this one, you have to fight some strong-ass motherfucking monsters and hope to God your character like, has the idea to do this new attack. And then you get this new attack and you're like, fuck yeah. Uh, I kind of like, I worked for this a little bit. Yeah. But you gotta know, you know, like some characters will never spark a tech. So that could be frustrating if you're like, okay, my mate, uh, I got swords... You know, a guy that says he's good of swords, but then he's not good of uh, one hand. He's only good of two handed, and every time you're trying to spark a one handed skill, it's not working. And you don't realize that because you don't have all these guides and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. So I can see how people will get really pissed off about that. Um. Also, need a guide to learn about fucking fusion magic because that shit. Is, is, I don't know how the hell you're supposed to figure that shit out. Because like. Yeah, in order to learn fusion magic, you're there's two tiers of fusion magic. The first tier you have to have two different sets of uh, spell like uh, spell schools, I guess. Like so, uh, light and fire, for example. You both have to be level fifteen, and then you can go to this NPC that's like, "Hey, give me fifty uh, five hundred grand, and next generation you'll have uh, the fusion spell learned." Right. And then there's another one at like uh, twenty five for each global uh, magic. But like, if you're on your last emperor. You can't. You can never learn the fusion spells if you never learned it before, because you need a generation to pass before the, they're available to you, which is unfortunate because some of the spells are really, really good, like elixir. Um, I guess that's really the only one. 
Because <laughs> uh, otherwise you just spam like the, the high tier water spell if you really want to just uh, walk over all the bosses in the game because it skips their turn. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, only if you go first, though. They, they can get uh, attacking before you unless you have that. Well, that's true. Unless you have that amazing uh, formation. Formation, yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking of spells, uh, we'll get into that. So the only way to learn spells is if you, well, your main character starts off like this light ball spell. And then if you talk to the mage, um, in that first, like, I don't know if you can do it later, but in that first, like when the, you can only do it when he's a kid. Yeah. When he's a kid, the emperor kicks you out of the room because he has to talk to that seer or whoever she is at the, I can't remember who that lady is, but... Uh, Oriev or something? Yeah. Um, you go to the mages, and they're like, hey, do you want to learn fire spell? And you're like, oh, sure, I will learn the fire spell. And then that's you can learn fire that way, uh, which is really good because uh, the first the first uh, level, or the, the first couple of generations, you don't really have much... You don't really have a really good magic user. Especially the first with Leon, there's really... There isn't a magic user... So that fire spell does work because, um, what's the second emperor's name? What's his name? Gerard. Gerard. He sucks ass until he gets all his father's uh, abilities. So if you have that fire spell, he at least does something because <laughs> he is weak as fuck. Yeah. Um, well, like the game fucks you because he's got like 12 strength, but he's got like 18 dexterity and they give you a sword. If they gave him a spear or a short sword, he'd be doing better. Or a bow and arrow. Yeah, that something. Um, yeah, but I guess that's the point because he's weak, and they're like, "Oh, he's never gonna be anything," and then he becomes a badass because his dad. Anyways, um, so yeah, uh, then uh, you can uh, recruit one of the mages in the next generation, and they all start off with like certain magic. Um, but you can't get any new magic until uh you build the magic school, which I don't know how... Uh, that might be in the second generation that it comes around. They ask if you want to build it so you don't really get to third generation, if I'm correct on Well, that. so yeah, you can you get the option to build it when your emperor has 25 MP. Okay. So if, if you were using light spell or light ball and fireball with the previous two emperors, you get right uh, when Gerard becomes emperor and, and inherits the stuff, he might have enough MP at that point to build it okay. but you still can't build anything until you kill Kazinzi or whatever gotcha so yeah uh yeah you're kind of limited on magic for the first couple generations which is annoying um uh but then once you have the magic school uh there's you know a school for fire light um earth uh water and wind i think um and then, yes. depending on the global level of your magic, you can learn up to five magic spells, right? Per um, per school element, yeah. Per element, yeah. Um. So yeah, like I always had a mage because you know someone to heal and someone to you know do some. You can get some AOE uh spells that do like uh in the rock um. Uh, category 
there's some good there's a good AOE spell that I basically use the whole game. Um, you can get a good light one, but it's, by that time it uses a lot of MP, and I just use the rock one. It's just as good. Um, but the the good spell like the the game breaking spells is elixir, which basically is uh, all full hit points and any kind of status element you have it takes away, uh, even if you're dead. Um, and it's only eight MP, so it's, that's awesome. And then there is what's the other? What's the one where you? So you got elixir, you got reviver, you got uh, hasten time, and you got sword. Uh... Oh, hasten time. Yeah, Hasten Time is the game-breaking uh, spell where uh, it'll skip uh, the bosses or whoever, whatever battle you're in, it'll skip their turn. So, It also has the lesser-known secondary effect of uh, the next round of combat, your team goes first. But most of the time, people are running Rapid Stream anyway, which is the, the broken formation, so your team's always going first, so it doesn't matter. Right. And the only problem facing time is it is game breaking, but it costs thirty six MP. So unless you have it on everybody in your party, um, which you can, uh, you probably in the very like it's only an, kind of more of an end game thing. Um, so like most people that start off don't know about it or can't get to it right away. It's kind of a lot of a lot of barriers you get across to get to it. Um, it's the last uh, water, water spell you get, and you have to be like global level 28 or something to get it, and the max global level is 40, so yeah. by the time, you rec- you have to pretty much be fighting super hard level shit to get enough uh, uh, experience points after the battle to pump up the damn um, global level. And also, we should note, there's no way to tell what the fuck your global level is unless you recruit somebody new, and you know they're starting... Uh, like recruitment values yeah so like what we said before like some characters come with like sword skills already they come with axe skills or whatever well some of the characters also come with magic already and uh the only way to know what your global level is is if you recruit one of them and you know that they come with a plus three in cosmology for example so when you have them you look at their uh level and it's like uh 43 then you know that they have a cap that your global level is 40 because they're it's a global level plus whatever their starting value is so but the only way you know that is uh, by guides. So, I, yeah, we definitely suggest if you're gonna have any kind of fun with this game, I would use a guide. Um, you can Google them. I think I don't remember. I don't remember which one I used. Uh, I just Googled. Uh, might be the game FAQs one. Um, there's a couple of them because you gotta cross-reference them. Like if you go to some trophy guides, um, sometimes they explain how to get the trophy better than the actual guide itself like in the in the comments you know sometimes i find that's the case like oh they didn't yeah. they didn't explain that well then like there's like three like postings below that they're like do this then do this then do this you're like oh okay got it <laughs> so it's kind of like there's probably like three or four different guides i use because there's like different characters and how to recruit them and all this other stuff so there's a lot that goes into it and hard to keep it all how to keep track of it all but there is i did find like an ultimate resource run by this guy who goes by romancing saga 3 fan and it's uh the romancing saga blog spot so i guess just google that and 
it, it's like a pretty much, it's a web page, a website de uh, dedicated to Roman Saint Saga 2. He also has one for 3. And he's got maps, he's got like full tables of uh, like uh, all the equipment, um, all the characters and their stats. Uh, has explanations for all the gameplay mechanics, all kinds of shit. So it's very useful. It's a lot of information to get through, especially if you're not like playing the game. Yeah. Uh, but once you start playing it, it's a lot of stuff like you'd be you'd be playing, and then you like reference his uh, information, and you're like, oh, okay, this makes more sense. Right. Yeah, I definitely use that one a lot because you're like, okay, how do I spark this, or which guys get this, and there's like one skill I couldn't spark for the. I think the great sword. I just gave up on it because I had the best one for the short, the one-handed sword. So I was like, "That's fine. I'll just use that." Um, but back to gameplay, uh, battle. Like the the other thing, uh, the enemies level up. So you start off kind of lower level enemies, um, and they level up based on how many battles you've been in. So. You can run away from battles, but that will increase your global enemy level. And I don't know if there's any uh, predetermined monsters in this game besides the bosses. I don't know. Do the bosses level up? Do you know? No, bosses are the only uh, creatures that level up. Don't that don't level up, but that's only if they are fixed bosses. There are some dungeons that have just enemy sprites that are uh, fixed to that species, and they can uh, be plus two on the like encounter scale. So there's like uh, for each species of monster, you have uh, sixteen uh, potential like uh, spawn groups, I guess. And the game starts at everybody at level one with a battle. I guess it's like Saga Frontier, where there's a battle level, like a global battle level. But that one only had eight. This one has sixteen. So you start at like battle level one, and then as you fight and fight and fight, you go up to battle level sixteen, where you have like the chance of fighting uh, the, the, all the enemies that are in that battle level uh, is like a ninety percent chance of fighting them, and then you have like a a small chance to fight enemies at battle level that were battle level fifteen, and then I think maybe even battle level fourteen. But if you fight a boss icon, no matter what you, your battle level is, it adds like two or something to that, so you have a higher chance of fighting a really really strong monster. But they're still just generic monsters. But then if you have like a fixed uh, sprite that's like an actual boss looking person, then that that is that is always going to be the same yeah. enemy that you fight. Unique sprites, so. Um, it's you can run and it won't really hurt you if like you you need to run run but you don't want to run a lot. It's not one of those games where you can fight minimal battles. You have you need to fight battles, which I respect that you know, because uh, even if you do like jump a level, it's like you say like you fight some harder harder uh, monsters. It's just like fighting like maybe a boss and then you get your your guys will level up a lot or you know. Get a lot of stat ups, you know, after one fight. So it's not terrible. Um, also, you can go to, I guess you have to get there to that point in the game. There's like that uh, new game or the dungeon they made for this uh, updated version of the game where the first couple floors are all like the lowest level bo uh, monsters. So you could always grind there if you wanted to. So it's not terribly unforgiving. Uh, I would just say when you like, I guess like the hardest part is like starting the game, 
and it gets easier from there, you know? It's very unforgiving, I guess, in the beginning, and I guess that's when a lot of people nope out. But if you can make it through, you know, the first couple generations, you will be fine. My opinion, but... I agree. <clears throat> um... Once you, once you open the map up enough and you like you said you have access to the maze of memory if you absolutely need to you can fight easier monsters to kind of pick your team back up to a, a serviceable level right uh apparently like a bunch of japanese expert players just run from every battle they can for a long time and to start fighting shit that's worth that's worth fighting i guess for the the experience points and then they power level that way seems kind of fucking dangerous yeah <laughs> not really my tea because, like, at level one, like, at the beginning of the game, you can fight monsters that just one-shot your dudes. So I don't know how the hell these people are fighting enemies and winning when they're way stronger than they are. But you know what? That's why they're experts, I guess. Well, I guess you could, like, save it and then, like, try to spark a bunch of shit with, like, your low-level dudes fighting, like, higher-level mobs. So maybe that makes sense. Like, I want to get all the sparks right now. and then I mean, maybe, but, like, your power level goes up with more, uh, like, your skill level with the, the weapon you're using. Like... Uh... Yeah, that's true too. It's not like it's the difference between like a level zero person with a sword and a level forty person with a sword is monumental. Like you'll do like a hundred damage with a level zero guy, and then like a thousand damage with a level forty guy, and that's just multiplied more by whatever uh, multipliers are on the skills that you use. So I don't know. I don't know, but I guess it's possible. Yep, and then so. Yeah, magic points for your magic, and then there is skill points, I think, right, for your skills. And those kind of go up as you level 2, and I think you max out skill points at 250, maybe, I think? Or is it 255. Apparently it's 255, and also spells, uh, the MP is 255. Okay. Uh, and those go up, respectively, depending on how many uh, levels you have in difference. Uh, like so, like you get more SP if you have more levels and different uh, martial abilities, and you have more MP if you master or level up the three different spell schools that you can have. Right. Uh, and the high, so the higher levels you have, the more MP and SP you have. Like my emperor in my first playthrough had max SP and max MP, but that's because I spread out. Um, every time I reincarnated, I tried to get a different uh, like weapon user. Yeah, uh, I could have pre-leveled like stats into my uh, emperor, even though I wasn't going to be using like martial arts or whatever for him. I wanted to, to have that pumped up a little bit so that he got more SP, and I could use the, sh the skills I wanted to use more often. Yeah, I did that too, um, and it definitely helps. And then the second playthrough, you just fucking just do whatever is the highest attack, so you just rush through that shit. But yeah, um, yeah, I. Th I think that's everything for battle system unless there's something I'm forgetting but yeah anything else you want to add uh no uh, I'll just uh, touch on formations more I guess okay um so formations are like the like Kevin said earlier like the arrangement of your characters on the field uh, on your side of the battlefield and you start with free-for-all and imperial guard I think and free-for-all is just, like, everybody's in a straight line, nothing special happening. Um, and then Imperial Guard is the frontline character takes uh, hits more often, and everybody else takes hits less, less often. Uh, but the frontline and the backline characters are slower. And this kind of uh, theme spreads throughout all the other formations you can get, uh, where there may be stat boosts or stat uh, debuffs and stuff like that. Uh, however, 
there's only one that's really worth getting, and it's a rapid stream, and that's from the Armed Merchants. So I would say that you would be in agreement with this, but we highly advise that you make your Emperor a Armed Merchant as soon as you possibly can, just to unlock that uh, formation, because it will make the game so much easier to be going before the enemies. Because if you're strong enough to kill enemies in like one or two hits, you don't have to take hits, obviously. And a lot of the characters have like pretty shitty speed. And there's lots of uh, uh, debuffs that happen in this game. Like you'll encounter so many enemies that are just like hypnosis and like all your dudes are fucking sleeping. And they're sleeping for three turns and then you get wiped out. You're like, what the fuck? Oh yeah, but you go over that, like you can spark defensive skills um which hypnosis is definitely one of the ones i learned early and i just stuck that on every single one of my characters and that's one if anytime a a uh, monster tries tries to use hypnosis your guys will just block it which is awesome so i definitely thought that was kind of cool and you can spark every kind of defensive skill i think uh I do believe so. I think the only problem is some enemies don't use those abilities, so it doesn't matter if you spark them or not. Right, yeah. Uh, like, you can spark them technically from, like, when your characters get confused and they attack your own team, you can spark the evade tech for that, but that's, uh, it's oh, like, why? I definitely got spark for yo-yo. <laughs> my guy, oh, shit! My guy got confused and threw a yo-yo at my martial artist, and he was like, nope, and I was like, oh, cool, but I don't think anybody in the game has yo-yo. <laughs> So, no, I don't think so. It's uh, so it's so weird. It's cool that you can do that, but it's like weird that it's allowed. Yeah. It's like what? There's no circumstances where I would ever need this. But thank you. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Uh, so to get formations, you have to have a your emperor be a class of character that is not native to Avalon, which is your starting city, because everybody in Avalon only knows free for all, except for the thieves. They know free for all too, or I guess they're called vagabonds. Oh, what about but the spear guys? The what? The spear guys. Don't they have a, their own too? Oh, the Imperial Guard. Yeah. I think everybody that just like you spawn, you start the game with, they don't offer a new formation. So like your infantry, your uh, heavy infantry, the mercenaries, the court mages, the hunt, uh, the spear I guess guy, rangers. The spear guy, though, is also a variation of one you already have, which is Imperial Cross. The spear guy gives you Imperial Arrow, which like the two guys on the side are farther back. Yeah, I think it's a, it's just a better version of that because instead of like only a sixty percent chance of your front guy being targeted, it bumps up to like eighty nine or something. Right. Yeah. But yeah, which is fucking good. Yeah. So, but at that point in the game, you shouldn't be having a tank too much anyway, especially if you have a uh, rapid stream because you want to kill everything. Right. Taking hits in this game is not good. <laughs> that tank guy uh, is also good with swords, so if you have a good enough spark skills. He, he was like kind of who I picked in game for my second run because he could hit pretty hard. Oh, for sure. So I was like, yeah, he can. He knows uh, whatever that awesome sword skill is. Uh, the Mirage Strike. I used to. Or Stillblade. Stillblade. Okay. Yeah. Stillblade, and then uh, I always had. Well, everyone can have their own strategy, but I had like always had one guy with. My main, my emperor was the sword guy, and he had still blade. Then I had a ninja or a martial artist, um, so I can use what is it? Uh, On you? Yeah. Or something. Uh, whatever, whatever that uh, awesome 
attack is. I can't remember what it's called. And then... The, the one where it has, like, the Buddha statue showing up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I always had an axe guy, because uh, then you can do yo-yo. And then... Because yo-yo is one of those skills that... So, yeah, this is part of something that we didn't go over yet. Some of those skills gain levels. So, like, yo-yo, like, it is like a... There's, like, an equation that goes into it. And the more times you use it, the better it gets. So, eventually, it'll outclass. It's, like... And it only uses, like, four uh, skill points per, per use. So, it does more damage per, you know ratio wise and then eventually it just does more damage period so uh that's why when that the axe guys are probably the one of the best to have um see i hated the act using axes because it missed half the time for me i'm like why the fuck is this always missing so i just went with like swords and spears oh i i guess uh depends what their axe level is i think so once i got it's like i would be using like sky drive i'd use like regular attacks i'd use yo-yo and then like i'd hit and the next turn i missed two turns in a row and i'm like fuck this shit whereas my like my sword dudes and my spear dudes are always hitting so i was like you know what fuck axes <laughs> i don't uh, need this shit my yeah what i noticed that was true until like if you've noticed the animation like it sounds different it sounds like a bunch of axes hitting them at once instead of like one yeah that's when i didn't miss so, um, well, I'm just getting that like they might do more damage, but if they're missing, then they're doing half damage, in my opinion, because it's not a real. I, I prefer reliable over like big numbers, I guess. Well, I'm saying once they get to that point, they never miss for me. Uh, my axe level was like 40, and I was still missing, so I was like, fuck this. I never, like, I don't remember missing that much, dude. I missed oh. all the fucking time. Oh my. <laughs> I was like, it's like, yo, yo, miss. Yeah, drive miss. Regular attacks miss. I'm like, you know what? You're, you're, my, over, my guy over here doing fucking prism blade or whatever the fuck is hitting for 4,000 damage every turn, so I'm just going to stick with that. Yeah, yo-yo costs three, and I never... I don't know, like, I always had an X guy, so maybe because I use it so much, they're... I don't know if that affects it or not. Like, the... Um, if their base skill, I don't know. Like if you look at that yo-yo move, there's probably some kind of equation, and the more you use it, the the less it misses and stuff, stuff like that. It also might be like equipment you have on too, where you uh, your uh, at, uh, accuracy goes up. So I think there's something. oh, you're right, because uh, some of, like the gauntlets and stuff uh, lower your accuracy, and so does heavy armor. But I only ever had uh, like a uh... I didn't have like full suit. I had just had like regular armor on, and I never, I never used the gauntlets. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I always had an axe guy. I like the axe guys. Uh, and then a magic guy. So I had, pre I felt like it was pretty balanced, and I didn't have any issues. Uh, after like you know, I figured things out in the beginning, because like I said, like. The hardest boss for me was that when I was fighting that rock. Uh, that thing wiped me a shit ton of times because I didn't have a AOE spell at that time. And I think I was just under-leveled a little bit. Um, and then when I came back, with the once I had the axe guy, I was able to just destroy him. So After that, everything kind of went smoothly. That second volcano uh, uh, story part, you know what I'm talking about? 
Yep, I know what you mean. I had, uh, that one wasn't too bad for me, because I had my mage with a quarterstaff, and I learned the halt tech on it, so I just used that, and it paralyzed the hellhounds. And, uh, I killed one and just hit the, the, the stone. Like, I didn't do a lot of damage to the stone, because I couldn't learn the fucking, I tried the entire battle, and then some, to learn the damn, uh, tech for the Cameron hammer, and I never learned it. And apparently that does a lot of damage to the stupid rock and yeah. i was like fuck it yeah i did learn that too but like i was still 200 level and i still got my ass wiped too many times so okay i had to come back to it later so i had to like reload a save and do that sec section like the next generation because i was just too weak at that point so oh damn yeah, yeah i definitely did that one later than yeah i was like probably because i had killed uh, like two heroes before i did that or something yeah, I think I was trying to recruit the salamanders or something, but um, anything else in battle system besides? Yeah, we we're just going over the formations. Uh, you have inventory. You can use like items. You have to equip them. Then it'll take up a a uh, weapon slot. Um. You can get uh, shields that do two different perp uh, like things. Like one will have a chance to increase your ability to defend, so it like boosts your defense, um, but only when you're defending. And then the other one has a fixed chance to avoid certain types of attacks, but only if you're using one-handed weapons. If you're using two-handed weapons, they don't do anything. <laughs> so, I always just had a I, th I used a shield that just up it does up your defense though. Only when you're defending. Really? Apparently. Uh, so it's a waste of space? I definitely... Uh, essentially, yeah. <laughs> but there's some formations that make it so you defend before or after your turn. So uh, it could be useful then. Oh, okay. Uh, so, like, they have a purpose, but it's like one of, the, it's those things, it's one of those things where you have to, like, know. But and once you know, you can utilize it properly. But if you don't know, then you might just be wasting... Uh, like an inventory slot or whatever. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, okay, I think that's all for battle system. Okay, uh, we kind of harped on growth a little bit already. Um, do you have anything more you want to say about that? Yeah, we kind of combined it because battle system character growth is uh, based on battle system, so those two kind of go together in this in this game. Yeah. Um, yeah, we went over global levels and magic you have to increase by using... Everything you do, you have to increase by using it in the battle for your characters to grow. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think that's it for that for those two. Uh, I don't think there are any minigames in this. Well, I don't... unless you include, like, building your town and... You know, I guess that's more like the main game part of it, or uh, it's almost just like a side objective because you have to you sit on your throne or whatever, and they're like you want to spend money to do this thing, and you're like okay, and then that's the, that's the extent of your input. That's the what's unique, I guess. We'll go over that in the unique part. Um, yeah, there aren't any mini games, is there? There, there isn't, as far as I'm aware. Unless you count growing the fucking tree, which is a pain in the ass. 
Oh yeah, that was fucking bull. You like... do what two thousand battles, but only if you you gotta like make sure you check. <laughs> I think you fight like ten or twenty battles and you check, and then you fight ten or twenty battles and check again to make sure. So there's like a orchard, uh, and you don't have to do this for the game. It's just kind of a trophy. It does help like every battle. Um, you get money based on how big your tree is. Uh, yeah, but by the time the tree is maxed out, you don't need money anymore anyway. Right, you're, yeah, you don't need it anymore. So it's just like a time killer, really, trophy. So it's bullshit. But some, that's a lot of trophies are bullshit. But um, yeah, no mini games. Traversal. So this has some variety to it. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, you start, you know, going. You have like you're limited to whatever that first screen is, uh, uh, where your your town is, and you can pick the other towns that are on the map. Um, you walk on like when you're on a map, you just, you walk like a normal video game, just left, right, up or down. There's no jump or anything. Um, it's a dash, and if you dash at certain obstacles on certain maps, you jump over holes and shit. Yes. yes. Uh, there, let's see, uh, once you, so some of the towns are hidden behind like character interactions. So you do have to talk to everyone in towns, which is kind of nice. Like, I like that part of it. Um, so yeah, like if you're at, a, if you're somewhere and you can't figure out where to go, you gotta make sure you talk to everyone in town and like. You talk to like someone at the bar, and it'll open up the uh, the next area you're supposed to go to. Um, and then, depending on if you've been there or not, you can if you hit the square in this game, where you can go out to the main map of the game, and you can go to any of the colored squares and click on them. You can fast travel to there. But until then, um, you can, there's like like after you go to somewhere, you can. I think the first time you can, it's like you take a boat to a new area, right? Or, uh, or they'll say, well, like, yeah, or like, like you could take to Cumberland or whatever. No, there's like a prompt. Oh, you have to go to the south for Nerys or something, and then that little arrow opens up, and you can go to that lower part in the map. And then yeah. once, once you have unlocked that area, then you can pick it from the main map. So there is a little bit of fast travel. Well, it's not once you unlock it, you have to like uh, recruit them into your uh, empire. Yeah. Then you then they'll light up on the map, and you can actually pick it because you can unlock it everywhere in the map. You can like go to a lot of places, but if you haven't added to your empire, you can't fast travel there. Right. You can't. Well, you can sometimes if there's arrows. So like that South Longit place, if you've been there. The arrow will be there where you can like go to it, but you can't like pick it from the main map, which is annoying sometimes. Cause like there's a one, there's a one part in the game where um, if you're like nice to the merchants and like save them, um, they won't they'll like be they won't be officially part of the empire, but they are not not a part of the empire. But that's that uh, map won't light up. <laughs> it's it's annoying. Um, so it's one of those times in like video games where you gotta be like the asshole and like 
kill the captain and take the ship over and then kill the other captain. I don't know. <clears throat> but uh, well, I guess the the I guess the logic for that, if you will, is you. Bec- it's a difference between like uh, absorbing them into the empire and having an alliance with them. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, that's. There's no like airships or anything or uh, regular ships. You don't like travel. There are ships, but like it's not controlled. Like they'll just take you from one point to the other point. Uh, there's a couple points where you control a ship, and it's only depending on how you react to the armed merchants. You can kill the captain, uh, and then steal the boat, and then manually navigate some boat through some waterway maze. And then also, if your uh, emperor is a an armed merchant, you can open a shortcut up to Cameroon through uh, one of the towns. can't remember which town it is. Uh, and then that's like another little optional thing, but that's the only time you can use the ships. So it's not like it's like free free exploration. It's just essentially your character is on a map still. So yeah, it's nothing uh, out there. That's pretty basic, I guess I would say. But at least I had fast travel, because so, a lot of games in this area didn't really have that yet. So... And there's a lot. Yeah, of, there's a lot. Been torturous about fast travel. But there's some things where like you click on the map and then you can't get out of it until you like go into like the town and some of it. It's not a hundred percent fast travel. Sometimes it's like you click on the arrow and then you're like, oh shit, now I have to go to like the step or something, you know, the steppy or whatever. Yeah, weird. Like some some towns you can fast travel out of even when you haven't conquered them yet and then sometimes you can conquer the whole territory and you still can't fast travel out of them it's like what the fuck it's wildly inconsistent but once you learn the towns you're like all right i definitely don't want to just go there at all because it's pain in the ass to get out of right um yeah that's it you want to do shops sure um so shops in this game are a bit unique because their inventory updates depending on what kind of uh, research and development you've done in your castle. Um, so there is an option to donate money to these dudes in this like blacksmith area, and uh, they'll ask you if uh, they'll be like, "Hey, I have an idea for a new sword. I need four hundred thousand uh, dollars, and we'll work on a new sword for you." And if you do that, uh, and you let them finish their work, then they'll give you a prototype, and the next generation. Uh, everywhere that sells swords will have that new version of the sword. Um, other than that, uh, it's just like a, your normal shop where you go to a store and they have... Uh, a, it's limited to only four items to choose from, but you can buy and you can sell. Uh, I don't believe there are any item shops. I never came across any, so you can't buy any consumables. Uh, but I think uh, Kevin said you get a bunch every generation anyway, add it to your storage. Well, the size of the witch. Well, well, the witch stuff, she has a cap of 15, and that's not really a shop. That's like a trade thing. Because, like, the shops all have, like, a shop interface. The witch is, like, a conversation. She's like, hey, which potion do you want? Right. And you just say, okay, I want the the life point potion. And she gives you that, and you got to fucking leave, restock your money, and come back. Um, there's also, if you own a, a territory, when you go to the shop, they won't charge you any money for purchasing the equipment. Uh, which is cool, but most of the shit is worthless. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I bought stuff from the store at the beginning of the game. 
uh, before I knew what I was doing, and then I never bought shit from the store again. The only time I ever did again is like I got upgraded shields or something, and then like the next generation, like some of the guys I picked didn't have shields equipped already, so I had to go and get a couple. But that's the only other time. Makes sense. Yeah, I do remember I did buy like five obsidian swords because I was I just wanted everybody to use fucking mirage. Yeah or whatever the fuck it was because it's the it's like one of the only aoe attacks and it's pretty strong and i didn't have fucking which is another thing that makes it's a con for me in this game like you have no idea what spells you're gonna get until you get them so uh i I, I didn't really reference the um the spell lists at all all i knew was to level up uh water because uh the haste of time was broken so that's all I really focused on, and I didn't realize you don't really get any good attack spells until, like, Tier 4 of Earth. And then the rest are combo magic, the fusion magic. Yeah. That do it. So I was like, fuck, I'm screwed. And the only uh, AoE attack I had was Mirage Blade or whatever with swords, so I just pumped that shit up for everybody. Well, you can use Light Bulb. <laughs> Dude, that's weak as fuck. I, I know, that's what I said. 50 damage. All it does is, like, the only good thing is it blinds, like, humanoids. And, or I guess everything that's not undead or demon. And that can help sometimes at the beginning of the game. Like, the enemies will miss attacks more. Uh, so they just don't one-shot your characters. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, for shops, it's kind of just whatever. Um, like I said, you can do R&D, make some new shit, and the next generation they'll have the new shit. Otherwise, it's very simple. Yeah, you don't really need shops, and then um, you can find better weapons, and then every generation you just got to go back to your armory and uh, get those weapons back out and just re-equip everyone. So once you get the good weapons, you just keep like upgrading them when you find them in a dungeon, and then uh, like you kind of like the hand me down system, like the your next guy gets that one, but you know you kind of just move it over a little bit. <clears throat> so yeah. Shops are kind of um, not, you don't really use them. And then there's like just the inns where you don't pay any money. Um, you just go and sleep there. And it gives you all your hit points back and everything. Yeah, that's pretty convenient. It's nice not having to pay for inns. Because usually in an RPG, it doesn't matter anyway. Because it costs like, what, 200 gold or some bullshit. And you've got like 10,000. But in this, it's just like. It's almost like money was worthless, except for like very specific circumstances. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like when you first start the game, you open a treasure chest, and it's like, oh, you got a hundred thousand gold. You're like, whoa, that's that's awesome. Then you're like, oh, you can only carry ten. You're like, oh, okay. Where the other money go? (laughs) And then it's like, oh, I want to build something. It's going to cost one and a half million. You're like, whoa, now. You're like, okay. Oh shit! There goes my damn treasury. Yeah. Okay, um, let's uh, go into what is unique. So this game is definitely unique. Um, you are an empire that's constantly uh, growing, and every time you grow, um, you can recruit basically whatever. Uh, every time you recruit a new country or whatever, you get like a different player character you can use. Right? I don't think there's one that you don't. Um, it's not all the time. Sometimes you can just do some side quests and you get uh, recruitments. 
Yeah, like the island one, to get the salamander, you have to make a choice between black magic and salamander, but um, for the most part, yeah, you get a, a new unique character, and that's why we're saying, like, as soon as you can, you want to get the axe guys, because which are the merchants, the ship merchants, and you want to make sure you uh, do it the right way, which is um, take over the, the ship and sail it over there and uh, demand that they become part of the empire like don't be nice about it or if you're a wild character which i was my first time i, I did this completely on accident you can like eavesdrop on somebody uh like this dude's having a meeting and then you can take you can find a path to take this back way where you sneak up on the the part that the that's holding up the town hostage and you can get his weapon early oh that's cool because like he has his Viking axe that's in a treasure chest, and normally if you do it the normal way, uh, you don't get that until you find him again when he's a ghost, and on his second ship. But if you go the sneaky way, you can get his axe before he takes it out the chest or whatever. Gotcha. So that's pretty cool. Like, there's lots of different ways to do a bunch of the missions too. Like you can fuck shit up pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, you can let them. You can let the like some of the, the the seven heroes go, and then they come back stronger and beat your ass. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, there's some, like there's even some place like early on there's a kingdom that's under attack and if you don't help them right away they just get fucking taken over oh yeah like uh the bad guy whatever that area what's it called um uh, it's cumberland's cumberland yeah. and like if you do it right like the little kid uh gets to become king but if you don't he just gets murdered and <laughs> he's there, like there's no one ever on the throne <laughs> the second playthrough that's what happened with me Oh yeah, me too. I was like, oh. I was speedrunning that shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, so you go and keep uh, acquiring new lands and new characters, and as you're doing this, you build up your own town, um, where you can recruit the thieves. And there's like a little spot under, like in the sewers, you can you open up. Um, there's the magic school, like we kind of talked about before, where. After you said 25 magic points, uh, they open that up so that way you can recruit different characters and uh, learn different magic spells. There is the school you can build, right? The I think they call it the university. University or the academy uh, you can build. And when you do that, uh, you can have your emperor go to the school and after that it becomes popular and the more people go to it and then you can recruit a different character that way and that character is like the most powerful mage i believe like the that generate like if you look that's yeah he has the highest magic stats so he's the best mage um and he also plays a key role in one of the uh one of the missions um for what the defeating one of the five heroes where he basically essentially like instead of having to fight your way through it he just uh he runs like a distraction and then you can sneak onto the ship and take out the guy a little quicker so that's kind of cool like like we were saying well the biggest ruin is if you do it the the hard normal way like you lose all your equipment and shit and you only have what you find in the ship which is garbage right yeah it's not good <laughs> So yeah, it's, it's definitely, there's uh, right ways and wrong ways to do it, which is unique in a game where 
you know, that's from 1993, you know, like that's kind of interesting. Um, but then, yeah, so I would also say what's very unique about this game is there's a lot of enemies and even bosses that are not immune to status effects. And you're almost required to use status effects on them to not get your ass kicked. Like there's some bosses you could just stun. Oh. Like the chance of stunning is pretty low, but you can stun them and they won't fuck you up. And you're like, okay, this is how I got to do it then. Yeah. I mean, you can do it the hard way, but it's also, it's nice to have the option to actually like use status effects. I think there was another game we played recently that let you use status effects too. And I was hyping that shit up, but I'm always grateful for letting you like the, the dev developers put time into having these mechanics. And it's a shame that you can't use them in games when you need them. Like you, they're worthless against regular mobs most of the time, but like actual bosses, when it's like a a drawn out fight, to be able to use the mechanics that are in the game is pretty nice. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, uh, in your town, after you have enough uh, countries, like nine or ten, I don't know, I don't know the number, then you can build like a another part of the city where all those uh, unique characters can. Uh, hang out so you don't have to go to like if when like every time there's a new emperor you have to recruit your whole party again and you can pick different people but you have to go to each you know of their hometowns to recruit them um which can be, be a time it's time consuming and annoying uh but uh that way you can have them all in one place it's that reason I just kind of stuck with everybody that was in the starting town. Cause I was like, I went out once and got some, like I got a mole once and I got a salamander once. And I was just like, uh, I'm just going to take everybody from the main town from now on. Yeah. Well, the martial artist guy was just one town down. So it wasn't too far. And then once you get the ninja, you can, that they're in the castle anyway. So I just did that. Yeah. Um, the dark mage one though, I'd never had dark magic. So I never recruited that person. So, um, what else is unique? Um, there's like a lot of unique, uh, I guess situations you have to go through. Like each, uh, it's not like the same, like taking over a town and fighting the bad guy. There's always like certain like unique things about it. For example, like we we're just talking about the merchant ship, like you, there's a couple ways you can do that. Um, when you go to the volcano, there's a you can go, you can destroy the salamanders, or you can save the salamanders. Um, so there's like a lot of. Well, even that, you could fuck the quest up where you're trying to get dark magic, and you could still lose out on getting dark magic because you don't make the right choices in that. Yeah. Um, and you can go after the five here, all the heroes, or you can wait to do them at the at the end. Um, or you can go, you can go any order to fight the. Well, not any order. There's probably a couple you have to do first before the other ones open up. But um, yeah, that's... possibly the most unique thing about this game is that if you don't like your emperor, you can just kill them and get somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> well, the yeah, one thing yeah. I didn't like, uh, uh, one of the things I don't like is that after you recruit whoever you want to recruit, like, say you get, like, a new character and there isn't, like, a time skip or something, you can't, like, uh, you can't switch them out. Okay. Yeah. So, 
Once they're in your party, they're in your party until you kill off all their life points. So. Or you do a gen switch. Right, which... Really, you don't want to do a gen switch too early because you might screw yourself over in some other things. Like, yeah, because some of the quests you can fail if you gen switch in the middle of them. Yeah. And then there's like some unique characters, like there's that robot you can get that uh, you had a hard time with because you... You missed it, and then you had to go back and redo it. Well, that's just for the trophy, for getting her to be Empress or whatever. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Which I thought was kind of cool. I don't know if you saw it or not, but after she's Empress and, like, you get the final Emperor, she's, like, in the uh, storeroom, just on the floor. <laughs> now, I... So I had a lo I reloaded my save, and, which was, like, eight hours back, because I thought I could get it done, but I guess I couldn't, because I didn't do events right and i didn't get lucky with gen gen changes which is an, another thing it's like a gen change is pseudo random like you can build up points from doing quests and once you hit 15 points you automatically gen change but between 8 and 15 or i guess 8 and 14 you, every time you've finished a certain quest that has a black screen you have a chance of gen switching and i didn't gen switch enough i guess i got lucky or unlucky in that respect so i couldn't get uh access to the robot chick early enough before i had done too many quests so i had, that's why i had to go back and reload a save but once i got her to be empress i had made too much progress in my main save to want to keep going with this character so i just reloaded my save so i didn't know yeah and that character is nice because the the robot has like 15 um in each of the uh... 20 well, she has twenty-eight dollars stats, except for her speed, I think, or something. Is fifteen. Okay. And then she starts with fifteen in all the melee-related uh, categories. But when she's in, an, when you recruit her on your team the first time, she's AI-controlled and she doesn't use magic. And she has like weird shit where she only uses whatever weapon is equipped in her first slot. Yeah. And then like the AI randomly picks between the eight of her learned skills to do one of them. So if you leave them empty, she just normal attacks. Well, what, what I did, it was, um, yeah, think of, uh, like, Yumaro from Final Fantasy VI. That's what she does. But what you can, what I did is I took all the weapons off of her and then just had gave her one um, martial arts skill. And then she just used that the whole time. So. Oh, okay. That worked out for me. And then, yeah, then after that she became the Emperor and... You think about her, she has 99 LP too. Yeah, so you, yeah, she has nice life points, and you get to when she's the emperor, you can control her, which is nice. Um, and we say this is like 99 LP, we point that out because the average LP for a character is like nine or ten. Yeah, sometimes they're as low as one. Like, there's one character that has one, typically, there's a bunch with like six or seven, and then you got your random, like, uh, high ones would be like 19. And then you have this one chick that's like 99. So it's like, holy shit. So if you get her in your party and you don't like the AI nature and you're not able to get her as an empress, it's like, it feels like it's a, more of a detriment because you can't control her. Right. And so it's like, fuck. <laughs> Why'd I do this to myself? But it's nice when you get her as emperor because it, she like raises, she kind of raises the base of all your stats for for the main emperor, for the final emperor. Because the final emperor, if you choose a guide, has twenty life points, and then all those other stat ups get averaged in, right? Uh, no. So it takes your your highest. 
So if you haven't been using like bow or martial martial arts or whatever, and you swap to Capella, that gets boosted to fifteen. Right. Yeah. There. And then we switch to the final emperor. That's just fifteen, or whatever. Unless you use it, then it levels up, obviously. Um, kind of like a going on with like we were saying with magic. I just want to give a little tip. What I did, uh, for me it was I got uh water, earth, and what was the other one? Like I think water, earth are the two main ones you want, so you can get elixir. Uh, that's the one I made sure I leveled up both of those. Um, what else is the unique that we're missing? Uh, light is pretty good because it has sword guard or whatever, and that will block a lot of attacks from bosses oh, and shit. Yeah, you need that sword guard for one particular fight, which is almost impossible if you don't have it. Which is when you fight the brother, right? Yeah, Victor. Did you beat it without that sword guard? Uh, I didn't even fucking try. I threw sword guard on first. I had uh, rubber shoes on, and he was still doing like 400 damage with his lightning attack. Yeah, I was like, God damn. <laughs> so good thing I was like, good thing I got fucking uh, healing magic on this emperor because I needed. Yeah, I beat him like real like, I tried to beat him like four or five times without putting that sword skill on. And I got him down to like where he was like hunched over, like almost dead, and he just crushed me. So I was like, screw it, I'm just getting that skill, moving on. <laughs> yeah, because he does give you like a pretty decent accessory, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. So you kill him, and then like a chest spawns above your bed, and uh, it it, it acts like a ribbon from like Final Fantasy, where it blocks all status effects or something like yes, that. Yes, that was a good one. Yeah. So that way, when you it's only really useful against the Dread Queen though, because at that point. You should have like evade skills for most of the really bad uh, status-causing abilities. Right, but it's good for yeah. the final boss too. Yeah, because if if I didn't have like I was just thinking like when I was fighting that final boss, like if I didn't have that water uh, that skill, what's it called? Um, that skips the time. Hasten time. Hasten time. Uh, that'd be a pretty hard boss fight without hasten time. Like that that thing goes forever. Yeah, well, I guess we could talk about that. Uh, so the last boss is pretty unique in that it absorbs... It's like a fusion of all the seven heroes. And as you're fighting it, you do damage to it. And uh, like it starts starts off with just one hero. It's a uh, rock bouquet. And you do 6,000 damage to it, and it spawns like another head, essentially. And at, from that turn on, it gets two attacks per turn. And then you keep doing that until it spawns all seven. And... Uh, Depending on how many battles you fought in the game, it'll either get easier or more difficult. Because uh, when there's six heads, it does six attacks per turn. But when you get the seventh head, uh, like I said, depending on the amount of battles you fought, it'll either have seven attacks per turn or it'll be back down to two. So if you've been playing the game a lot and you don't like abuse the mechanics of like haste and time, essentially, uh, it could get pretty fucking wild. Where you're, like the enemy's doing seven attacks per turn, and it's not just wimpy attacks. Yeah. Because the boss uses all the same attacks that all the bosses had before. So it's a, it's another reason why people drop this game, presumably, is because like they'll get to the last boss and not be prepared, yeah. and they get fucking obliterated. Yeah. You could probably do it, but it's it's a lot of... It would it'd take a lot of work to 
beef up your characters with like the right defensive skills and you know not using up all your MP in the beginning. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. Whereas if if you just have haste and time and all your characters, when one person runs out of MP, like you just go to the next one. And I I, pr I think I used up all the MP in almost all my characters, and I still like barely beat. You know, you barely win because I'm like if yeah. I, if I didn't if I didn't have enough MP, I would have been screwed. So yeah, I got curious. I was watching some youtube videos on people like they're like oh i beat so-and-so boss without haste and time and they're like yeah i'm on new game plus five and all my characters have all seven sword armor they got seven sword swords or whatever uh and then they got like evade all the nasty techs equipped and i'm like that's a lot of preparation just use haste and time yeah that's almost like using haste that's basically haste and time you took you just a long waste more time yeah but i'm glad you feel accomplished on that one <laughs> Yeah, it's like, hey, good for you, but, like, I get, I get the same result doing Haste of Time. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. Um, but the only, like, real boss battle, like, you can't do that on is, like, the the extra boss you don't really have to fight. And... Yeah, you don't get anything for winning, either. You get some stupid trinket in your inventory that's like, Queen's Legacy. Oh, you beat the thing. Okay, cool. Doesn't do and you get a trophy. Yeah, you get the trophy. That's about it. Yeah, yeah she's a bitch. Yeah, I posted my uh, my battle on her. I think it was what fifteen minutes long. <laughs> so. yeah, it felt like it took forever. I noticed you weren't using a rapid stream. I did, and I don't know how you you're supposed to win without it. But I did. But you did. So well, good I, for think you. I had like some of the counters to her moves on, like equipped on my characters, where some of her, like some of her moves would just be wasted, so I could heal in those turns. You know. Yeah. That's why it probably took me so long, but as when I fought her, it's before I had the uh, merchant guy. Like I didn't realize, I didn't look it up, and I didn't realize that's like the best formation, so I didn't know about it yet. Oh, okay. And I hadn't had a merchant as my emperor yet, so I just, I was just, I just was trying to. Like, that was my first run of the game before I like really looked into everything, and then like the second run, I wanted. to do as quickly as possible so i was looking for the best things i was like oh shit i should have found that out way earlier but uh the second run was a lot easier oh for sure it definitely helps like having shit maxed out or not maxed out but like pretty high yeah you're and just, you're just like one shot and everything just having the the weapons equipped and the armor equipped like makes the game cakewalk so but yeah i had uh the first dungeon like all the enemies are hitting me for zero damage and i was like i remember when i was here before and my fucking uh Ranger chick was getting one shot by you bastards. Yeah. Yep. But uh, I don't know. I think that's I think that's about everything for gameplay. Unless there's something else you think can think of. I mean, we can go into more like the bosses, like the the seven heroes. You there's a final emperor. Um, so like we we're saying, like every generation, you can pick from uh four. Four randomly chosen, I think. I think there's a percentage of which one you get. Uh, so the first one is always the same class you were just using, and then the other three are random. Yeah. Apparently. So, like, I had a, to get the axe, uh, the merchant guy, uh, my second playthrough, I had to, like, reload, like, five or six times before it showed up. Yeah, me too. I was like, thank God I saved before this. <laughs> well, I knew this. I was like, I'm going to save before this because I know it's probably going to be stupid. And yeah, it was definitely random. I kept getting like uh, the stupid mohawk guy, and they're like, "Come on, I don't want this." 
Oh, the mercenary guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, my, that's why our first playthrough, like uh, I was reading like uh, guides and stuff, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you want to make sure you switch your emperor around." I'm like, "I'm getting the same four fucking dudes every time." Yeah, I didn't know it was random. So yeah, I just I, like my first playthrough, I think I had the mercenary like three or four times. So that's kind of why I didn't have a, any different formations. I didn't also didn't know I was picking different ones because I thought like different guys would have different formations, but I didn't know everyone in the castle would have the same formation. So I kind of fucked myself. Okay. Yeah. So, that's our, the more you know. <laughs> yeah. And there's like like, there's not like one place you can go that has all this information. It's just like, I learned a little bit from this website and I learned a bit from this website. This website had a lot of information, but not everything, you know. And yeah. Like, and then it was like, I'll scroll down to the comments. I'm like, oh, this guy clarified everything for me, in like a couple sentences, and it's like crazy how you know scattered it is. It's not like it doesn't. It doesn't help. It wasn't ever ported over here. I'm sure if it was ported earlier, uh, it would have been. Well, there'd be more information in English, at least. I don't know if it'd be popular, but. Yeah. There's some masochists that love this shit. <laughs> like us. Hell yeah. I love it, but I don't want to like play it forever. You know, it was fun, like for, you know, playthrough, but. Not... Yeah, I think if every game was like this, it would suck. Yeah, but uh, it's it's far enough removed from the mainstream that it's like it's like a breath of fresh air because it's a brand new experience in a way. Yeah, it's not like a lot of unique experiences anymore. A lot of the, you know, people are gonna do what makes money and do what works. So it's a lot of the same old, same old stuff, and this is just different, which is awesome. Yeah. At least in my opinion. Like, this is all opinion-based, but... I know a lot of people hate this game, but I fucking... I love the gameplay. Like, I know it's complicated, but... Once you can kind of, like, wrap your head around it... It's almost like, you know, a puzzle in itself. Like, the gameplay is a puzzle. And then once you figure out the right pieces that go in the right places... It, like, unlocks, like, you know... The game for you. So... Yeah. And I think even the, like, enemies being able to one-shot characters sometimes is... It makes combat interesting. Yeah. Because when you're first playing, on your first playthrough, you're not like just mashing X the whole time. You have to actually think about what you're doing. Like every every combat encounter has a potential of wiping your whole party. And I get like a lot of people hate that, but to me, that made it engaging. It made it fun to play. I was, I was constantly, I was playing the fucking game and I was having a good time as opposed to like, uh, like if if I were to go back to like Final Fantasy VII or whatever, like the PS One version, yeah. it's like okay, I know what I want to do with my characters, I know what material I want, and then you get into a battle and you're just like X X X whatever, keep moving on. Oh, and this and like, wait, what? I was gonna say the one thing I we forgot to mention is that all character like all battles are on screen, so you can see, like this is like you know one of the first games. Oh, the enemies roaming around. Yeah, there's not, it's not like random battles. You see every battle, so you can kind of. Prepare, like you can't really miss a lot of them but you can still get around some of them so it's not like terrible random battles yeah also if you're dashing and you walk into an enemy you automatically just get like essentially uh backstabbed oh yeah you, uh, your like your formation gets thrown in, into free-for-all and you go last or you can't just go last so if that happens just run just run and then go back into the fight yeah just run and then stand there <laughs> 
Like there were times where like I was like just destroying all the enemies, and then like I, I dashed into one, and I'm like, eh, whatever, and I just keep doing my attacks that I was normally doing, and then all the enemies went first and just fucking like destroyed me. And I'm like, well, let me just reload my save. Yeah. Which is a, a nice thing. You have an autosave on this game after every time you enter a new screen, and then also after every battle. So even if you flee, it autosaves. So you can, uh, you can flee, get into a fight, and if it goes badly, uh, possibly do it a different way. Just lo- reload your autosave. Yeah. <sighs> okay, I think. Uh, Was there something? I don't know. I guess we talked about likes and dislikes already, right? Kind of. Yeah, I mean, we can. Uh, it'd be easier to say dislikes, and so for me, like, like, like you, the fact that you can't switch out party members without them dying or doing having to do a gen swap, is like awful. It's like not. It's obviously not a like game ruining, but it's still like so demoralizing, because uh, if, like everybody's stats are random, kind of like you don't know anything without a guide. You don't really know like what you're doing. Yeah. And so like you could potentially pick like shitty stat characters or characters that don't have uh, any of the sparking attacks you want. Um, or like you, the worst part for me was like unlocking a new area and then getting a new character unlocked, but I can't use them right away. And I'm like, oh, they look cooler than the fucking stupid assholes that I got. <laughs> and then by the time I remember, like, later on in the next generation that I can get recruit them, I'm like, uh, they're far away. I don't really feel like navigating through that area. I'll just pick some stupid asshole that's in this town. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's really the only thing I didn't like. Uh, be- Well, I also mentioned it earlier, too. I didn't like that you had to re-equip, like, all the skills and all the equipment and everything like that all over again i feel like if you recruited the same guy he should have kept i don't know it's well i think a quality of life thing they could have added would be like uh pre like presets or something yeah like you could they give you the option of like presetting like five character archetypes or something and then when you recruit somebody say do you want to copy an archetype over or something and you just have all that shit put over yeah and the uh I guess another uh, thing was kind of annoying was um, the item. Uh, there's a limit of how many items you can have, and towards the end of the game, um, you'd have to like when you're trying to re-equip everyone, you have to like unequip them, store the stuff, and then get all the other stuff out, and then re-equip them again. And so it made it even longer uh, to re-equip everyone sometimes. Oh, there's one thing we didn't note uh, note about item management. You're limited to eight pages with four slots each so that's like what 24 items or something yeah no 32 32 items uh but you can discard any item at any time and it doesn't get like erased from the game it just goes into your storage so you can be in a dungeon throw shit away and it's still in your inventory like your storage back at your base i did not know that (laughs) yeah i uh i like i threw something away uh, early on because I was like well this is trash and then I went and looked at my storage like a next generation and I was like why do I have like eight fucking long spears I thought I got rid of these and then I was like oh I looked it up and they're like yeah you just card anything and it goes to your storage and I was like oh that's sweet wish they would have mentioned that but <laughs> well now you know <laughs> well, a little too late <laughs> you can learn from our mistakes um but yeah I just love the the battle system, the sparking, you know, the bosses are all, you know, they're pretty unique. 
um, for the most part. Like the the last boss was great. Um, I just had fun with like experimenting with different setups, and then once you get your, the setup you like, you know, being getting good, you know, was fun. I do like a little bit of a grind, so um, I don't know. I I I had a great time. Uh, yeah, it's probably not for everyone, but uh, for me, I loved it. So I think I'm gonna give it a four and a half for gameplay. Just the half point because of you know there's like some like the stuff we mentioned. There's just some annoyances that could have got better, could have been better, but. You know, for a game from 1993 that everyone shits on, like, it's fucking awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say I also liked that there's uh, different boss interactions. <clears throat> like, if you kill Rock Bouquet before you kill Noel, he gets pissed off and he gets, like, powered up and shit. Oh, yeah. And, like, that's pretty cool. Also, if, you're, like, your Emperor gets more than 700 HP, all the bosses get powered up. The, they turn to, like, their second form. And so they have new abilities and uh, stuff like that and new attack patterns. And then apparently as you get stronger, like all the enemies have different attack patterns built into them as well. So they'll use like stronger attacks more often and shit. So uh, it's just like the way that they spice up the gameplay and stuff is phenomenal. So I will agree with you in that it's a 4.5 because there are some quality of life stuff that would be really nice that they have. Like when you're learning a spell, like you, it's like some of the NPCs are like, they're like, hey, how are you doing, Angel? And they're like, oh, you know, living the dream, life here is great, <laughs> learning magic takes forever, blah blah blah. And they have like a whole fucking diatribe. And you're like, I just, I just want to learn some magic, please. And then you pull up the magic menu, and you have to pick a character, and then you have to uh, pick a spell, and those each one of those lines pop up slowly. And you can only learn and three then... magics and so one of them was like, you have to forget this magic to learn this magic. Do you want to forget yep. this magic? Yes, I want to forget this. Are you sure you want to forget this magic? Yes, I want to forget this magic. Yeah, that's like, Fuck off, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's definitely like... stuff that could be improved, but yeah. like overall as uh, when you're outside of that management bullshit, like the gameplay is phenomenal. Yeah, and I mean I, after playing this game and Saga Frontier, like I'm definitely in on Saga games. Like they're both both those like they're both were pleasant surprises to me. So now I'm, I'm kind of like scared. Like hopefully they don't fuck it up <laughs> if we play the other ones, you know. But I, uh, I heard only what I heard three is better than this one. So uh yeah, I think in that one you can like swap people around at your parties and shit, which is nice. Yeah. And there's like a I think the only thing I'm gonna dislike about it is like there's eight paths. Again, just like Saga Frontier, but I guess the game's the same length for every character. Oh. So it's not like uh, each character has a different storyline. It's like you have one storyline, but it's told through the eyes of different characters. Okay. Like, uh, there's one character that you can't recruit. The only way to play with that character is to have them be the main character, too. So it's really weird. I don't know how like the New Game Plus works on that one. Like, if each character retains their text, if there's like a dojo like this one, if it's like Saga Frontier... Don't know, but I guess we'll find out sometime next year when I pick it for the, for the yeah. show. Well, would you rather do Saga Frontier 2 or uh, Romance of Saga 3? Uh, whichever one has trophies, to be honest with you. So if they release Saga Frontier 2 on the PS4 or the PS5 sometime soon, then we can do that one. Because I think I remember playing Saga Frontier 2. I think I liked it 
when I was a kid, like the story, but I just, I can't really, just looking at the pictures, like I get like a little nostalgic, but I, yeah. I can't remember, I think it was too complicated for me at the time and I just dropped it, but I remember like wanting to like it, but I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. You know? I'm sure it's going to be much more enjoyable now. Yeah, for sure. So I'm kind of, yeah, I'm definitely excited the next year getting into a couple of those other ones. Oh, I will be sure to pick them because they're the this saga, uh, Remington Saga Three has been on my PS4 hard drive for over a year or whatever. So okay, I guess we can do that one. Just waiting, just waiting on that one. Um, well, I guess that wraps up the gameplay section. Two hours later, uh, so for our first musical break, uh, as has become tradition, it is going to be Brent's pick, which is the main theme. Uh, I believe you're just using the opening title song. Yeah, because. I don't know. That to me, that's the main theme because that's when you hit start and that's the music that's playing. Because there's usually two main themes. There's like that opening cinematic, cinematic you can do, or the you know the title screen. So it's kind of like I don't know. You just flip a coin, I guess. But well, in my opinion, the title theme is more often the uh, the main theme. That's what I that's what I go with too. So that that's uh, in. I, I can only find the Japanese version of the YouTube uh, OST, OSP, um, but I did the Google Translate, and the name of this one was Opening Title. <laughs> so maybe it's different when you read in Japanese, but that's probably what it is. I don't know. They're like they're pretty, like uh, yeah, direct about their shit. Like when you have names like soccer flower and stuff, and yeah, like that's just how it is over there. Yep. So yeah, here is the opening title.
Alrighty. <laughs> Story time. Weird. Everybody's favorite. We're 32 hours and 20 minutes into this, so... That was the... Definitely the meat of it is going to be... Oh, yeah. The, the rest is going to be... <laughs> the rest is going to be a little bit lighter. Uh, hopefully. There's not much to the plot, and uh, we don't usually go too deep on everything else anyway. Yeah. So, um, All right, story time. So as I kind of explained earlier, uh, there are like the whole seven heroes that were, uh, that you have to fight. So the game, like the if you don't press any buttons on the uh, loading of the game, it runs through this like um, cinematic kind of uh, that goes into the prehistory of the game, uh, and I believe that this is it. Um, it says, as demons from every dimension threaten to consume the land, seven heroes rose to banish the evils to whence they came. Yet they vanished without a trace before they could revel in their victory. Tales of the Seven, Kazinsi, Subier, Dantarg, Noel, Bokon, Rock Bouquet, and Wagnus were told around the world, and many clung to the belief that they would reappear to bring order to the world. People raised their voice in prayer with each successful blight, seeking succor and salvation. Peach, uh, peace eventually embraced the land without the inter intervention of the Seven, and the story faded into fairy tales. Nations rose and fell until only a select few remembered the seven heroes and their deeds of valor. Yet eventually the peace was shattered and dusty tomes describing the seven heroes were unearthed, though they did come as prophesized. Um, and that's because they came back and started fucking shit up. Uh, there's also a quote from, I think, somewhere in the game that says, Peace is, a, peace is but a distant tale in history. Regimes lost control, and monsters run rampant in Varenz and, and in other lands. As the world spirals into chaos, the seven heroes grace the lips of man. An epic story that will span generations is about to begin. So, uh, that's pretty much, like, uh, the bard, I guess I would say, like, in the world, like, saying what happens before the game happens. Um, and then, like, according to the lore, he's retelling the story of all the the empire and all the emperors that successfully saved the world i guess yeah um and so this the narrative in this game is super like heavy up front and then it just kind of disappears because you're left to, it becomes like an open world game and you're left to your own devices to do whatever the fuck you want to do so essentially you start the game as king leon in the year 1000 um and you and one of your sons gerard are in a sealed cave uh in you are just going to kill all the monsters there. Once you do that, you go back to town, uh, the castle town of Avalon, and you're greeted by your other son, Victor. Um, uh, like, you start resuming your daily life. The seer shows up, and she says she's been trying to talk to the king for, I guess, weeks or months or something about something going on. So the king finally is like, okay, yeah, whatever, I'll talk to you because today was a rough day. Because I guess uh, he's talking to Victor and Leon about responsibilities as... And he doesn't want to talk about that shit, so he kicks the kids out. He talks to the seer. We don't really get to hear any of this, because you play as Gerard and you roam around the town. Uh, and you go back into the castle, um, and the king kind of tells Victor and Gerard that uh, the seer is talking crazy shit, uh, but we're going to go kill more monsters, so he leaves Victor in charge of the town. Um, after you go kill the monsters, you come back to town and uh, you see your son Victor dying, and he uh, 
tells you that he tried his best to fight off uh, the invaders, but ultimately the his his famed sword technique flung slash didn't work. Um, and you learn that uh, one of the seven heroes, Kazinsi, showed up and he sucked the soul out of Victor and pretty much killed him instantly. Um, so the king's like, okay, uh, we're gonna go get revenge on Kazinsi now, and you leave. Uh, and uh, you go and fight Kazinsi. Uh, but before that, uh, actually, the seer shows up and you, uh, Gerard goes to bed and he kind of overhears the seer and the king talking about this inheriting power. And uh, so you go kill, you go fight um, Kazinsi and you get there. And surprise, surprise, the king also gets his soul sucked out. And uh, while he's dying, uh, somehow somehow you escape this town full of monsters with the dying king, and you get back to your bed, and uh, the king tells his son Gerard that he developed a technique to counter the soul sealing uh, attack that the Kinzinsi has. So uh, you also learn the inheriting magic, and uh, as Leon dies, he sends all his uh, strength and abilities and knowledge to Gerard, and... Uh, Gerard learns uh, Soul Steel of Aid, he learns everything that Leon had, and because he's, I guess he's still a kid, uh, some of the soldiers in the town don't uh, believe that he's worth serving, so uh, conveniently, the goblins are also invading the town right now, so you go out there and you kill all the, uh, the goblins, you recruit everybody that was hesitant that you're not going to be a good leader back into your cause, and you decide to get revenge on Kinzinsi. So you go and you finally go kill Kinzinsi. And uh, at, is at this point, like the game opens up for real. And you play, you're still playing as Gerard for a little bit. And you now have some quests that show up and you're able to go and uh, do them. Uh, and this is where like the game is open world, sort of. Like you are still uh, locked behind some quests because they have prerequisites for previous quests. So you can do as, uh, some of the quests that you want. You can save some quests for later generations. Um, and then uh, I don't like, I don't really, I'm not going to go through like all the quests or whatever, but like you can do a bunch of quests. You can go and fight the heroes in any order that you want. Uh, but eventually you kill five of them and you get down to the last emperor. Um, so between Gerard and the last emperor, it was all random uh, characters. They could be any character that you want, you could, the characters die. You have a new emperor or a new empress, and the quests change some of them, whether or not you're male or female. Uh, like you can recruit certain characters as a female. You can't do certain quests as a female. You can only do like one as a male, uh, stuff like that. But you get to the last emperor, and um, you find out that uh, Kazinsi is back somehow, and he's back in the sealed cave. Uh, so you go there, you go kill him again, and he vanishes. Well, I guess uh, we can uh, we can go into like more in depth on the seven heroes where they can't die. Like when they die, it's not their. I guess it's not their real body or something, right? Oh yeah, I was gonna get to that part. Like because you kill Kaczynski and then you kill the other two uh, heroes that are left, and the the seer comes back and she's like, "Hey, I gotta tell you some information." 
because you're the last hero, the last uh, because you killed Kinzinsi or whatever, the inheritance magic is not working anymore, and uh, you are the last emperor. And by the way, uh, I'm a member of the Ancients, which is a race of people that existed before the, the every other race here, and the seven heroes are also uh, members of the Ancients who uh, were existing here before, and so previously. <laughs> When they were being the heroes, uh, you can learn this information from both this. Uh, you can, so there's a, a forbidden village that you can find in the game, and depending on when you go there, if you're on the final emperor or not, you can learn this information uh, in the town, or you can learn it from the seer when she shows up to talk to the final emperor. But um, they had some forbidden magic, or maybe not forbidden, but they had magic that let them uh, take. Uh, bodies and flesh from monsters that they killed and assimilate them into their bodies to make themselves more powerful. And that is why they are all mutated and warped the way that they are. And uh, if you fight the four bosses in the DLC dungeon, they have a little bit more of information. Like They talk in like two or three sentences or something about how the heroes were doing fucked up shit, like the more corrupted they got. So you learn... That as they accumulated more monsters into their bodies, they got more and more uh, corrupted, and they became less and less, uh, I guess, moral and human. And so, at a certain point, after they, I guess, saved the world enough, and before they got too crazy, all the ancients in the Forbidden Village that they're all from threw them, like, opened the portal into another world or another dimension or something, and threw them all into another dimension. And it's taken them a thousand years or whatever to get back. And now they have the ultimate goal of uh, taking over the world and getting stronger, I guess, to get the revenge on the people that got rid of them in the first place. Yeah. And that's, a, that's, a, that's as much information as I know. Do you, is there something that I missed that you, you know more about? Uh, well, I thought that they couldn't die. They, that's why that sealed... Uh cavern or whatever sealed cave is like where their actual bodies are and when they die their spirits go back to those like the real bodies and so, so evidently they're actually their bodies are all at the end of the game in that un, unbridged den or whatever the fuck it's called yeah um but they send like somehow they send clones of themselves out and those are the clones are the ones actually causing all the chaos right and apparently they had a pact and depending on who's your last um hero each hero says something different so my playthrough one my last hero was subier and when i was fighting him at the very end he's like i don't care about the pact we made with wagnus i'm going to go in here into this room and uh, complete the ceremony or something right so i guess like there's some spell or some magic that they all knew uh, or they had some pact to not absorb each other's bodies or whatever um with their their magic because when you go and you kill the last hero, they go into the room where the, the physical bodies are, and I guess that's when they they fuse everybody into one thing, yep. and that's the final boss you fight. Yep. Um, and then uh, the second playthrough, I fought Kazinzi last because you have to, and he says something about an oath that they took. So that's my reasoning for that. Like they all swore that they wouldn't corrupt each other with themselves or whatever the fuck. Uh, but I guess in order to defeat the emperor, they decide they have to. Right. And uh, you kill them and you save the world. <laughs> so yeah. That's it. 
which, I mean, the, there wasn't a, a whole lot of story, but I think for what you got was decent. You know what I mean? It wasn't groundbreaking or anything, but it was interesting at least. Uh, it's definitely a novel concept, like having the heroes come back and be the villains. And uh, it's unfortunate, like each one of the heroes ha- kind of has their own little like side story. Uh, like uh, Bokan uh, took over uh, the step, and in the step they had these herbs that they used for medicine, but he took them over and he's using them to make drugs. And uh, then he's also recruiting people from the area, and well, not recruiting them, he's enslaving people and uh, using them as his workforce. And then you have like Rock Bouquet, who's in this um, savannah jungle, and she, <clears throat> excuse me, she found this like sunken tower that has this portal to uh, potentially like another, I guess, the dimension they came from. And she's working with uh, to try to figure something out here. You don't really ever figure out what it is because you kill her before she explains it. Uh, but you also get like a vision of uh, like the world as it was or the dimension that they were in or something in this uh, tower. If you do her quest right, if you don't do it right, you don't get to see it. And uh, then you kill her, and Noel gets pissed off. But if you don't kill her before you fight Noel, you can make peace with him. And he's just hanging out with his old ancient buddy in the middle of a fucking oasis that's like a mirage half the time. And then Ragnus is off, uh, like, conquering some uh, Japanese-themed uh, land he's and doing shit there. What's that? Ragnus is the leader, too, right? Yes. And he's also, like, feminine, so he looks like a butterfly lady, kind of, even though he's a man for some reason. I don't know. Zubier uh, just wants to take over all the oceans, so he's like doing ocean shit. And then you got like Dantarg, and all he cares, he doesn't care about revenge, he just wants to get stronger, so he's fighting strong monsters and uh, fusing them all to his body. Uh, and then like, so each character, like each one of them has like their own motivations and their own little like thing going on, but it's not like a huge part of the plot. Which is uh, weird to me. Well, I think it is, like, uh, that is the plot. Like, it is like. They're all causing chaos in all these different, you know, countries, and you are saving those countries from the, you know, at least part of partially those here those heroes. So, I think it is yeah. part of the game. Well, I mean, it is, but to me, it's like it's not like the focus. Oh. So it's 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 like to the side, kind of like it's because you're not giving like a direction. You're just like, hey, kind of go do whatever, and you can do them in any order. It's like you go to a new area and you're like, oh, this is what's happening here. And you kind of take care of it. But it's all like stuck in the, the little areas that it's in. Like there's nothing, nothing changes in the like the plot if you don't stop Wagnus immediately or you don't stop uh, Bokan immediately. Like you can be like a year 1000 and then be up to year like 2000 and they're all still doing the same bullshit. Like nothing's changed. Which I understand it's like a Super Nintendo game, and like you can't really do that. Right. Uh, but the it's it, 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 to me it takes away from the plot a little bit because it's so obviously just partitioned out like that, and it's not like a whole overarching tied together thing. Like the only two characters that are tied together are Noel and Rock Bouquet, and that's because they're siblings. And like when you kill some a hero, like no other hero says anything. Like, oh, you killed so-and-so, or whatever. Or, like, you ruined our plans for, for this. So it's 
like while it's tied together, they all have their own like um, yeah, roles, all... and that kind of separates it from the whole thing for me. It's just I don't know. I, I feel weird about it. Maybe it's just me being particular, but I guess they're all you know off doing their own thing. But I guess they don't have their their own like unless it's like Wagnus is the one trying to like you know conquer everything, and everyone else is like I'm just gonna fucking do what I want, and if you need me, call me type thing. Um, but then they're all doing their own shit. Yeah. Which is still... I guess... It just made it difficult for there to be, like, a, a consistent narrative, I guess, for me. And I, like, I really like that in games. Like, I know people hate being railroaded or whatever, but to me, that's why I play RPGs, because I want uh, can... to be led through a story. I don't want to, like, have random shit going on, I guess. Because it's not that's not as interesting to me. Well, you don't want to... I, I hate that when you, it's like, well, I want to do it the right order so I don't miss something. And that's when I hate it's like the choice where it's like, if you make the wrong choice, you miss out on certain sh story aspects, and that's where I get mad. Yeah. This, this one, you can't really miss out on anything. You have to do it all, so... I kind of... Well, kind of. Like, you can fuck up the quest, but that's like... You can just reload the save or whatever and make a right, the, the right decision, quote-unquote. this one before this one it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. And I, I think, well, and then like I think some of it they leave up to interpretation because it's an older game where they can't really, you know, they only have so much room to work with. Um, and it's like I look at Wagnus and he's like trying to take over that country, the feudal country or whatever, because I think he he's trying to get back to the ancient city and like that's on the other side. So, yeah. So maybe like to me like that's what I thought of like oh, he's doing this because he's trying to get back to his you know uh, over that mountain and the only way to do it is to get through this area first and accumulate power there i, I don't know but i mean that kind of makes sense it just like i'm not saying it's like it's bad like the little stories that each character has is like unique and interesting yeah. but it's not it's not deep it's just very yeah it's not deep hey this is uh, this is Wagnus, and he's taking over this area, and that's about it. And so, I'm like, okay, you gotta stop him. Yeah. Uh, and the, a lot of like the side stories are kind of uh, all, like surface level as well. Like, oh, you, there's like the, the mermaid quest. It's like, oh, you fell in love with a mermaid. <laughs> okay. Uh, volcano quest. Like, oh, the volcano's melting or, or about to er erupt. You gotta stop it. And depending on what choices you make, like, oh, there's well, you find out that the sorcerer was like evil the whole time, but it's like, oh. I killed the salamanders and I learned dark magic or like I killed the salamanders and I didn't learn dark magic because the sorcerer escaped or I stopped the volcano from erupting and I killed the sorcerer. So it's not like philosophical or like any moral boundaries yeah. that are being pushed or nothing. It's just like, Hey, there's a, you go to this area and there's this thing happening and you kind of solve the problem. Like, I think the, the deepest Maybe Ark is the Cumberland Ark, where, like, there's the whole, like, uh, invading um, uh, forces from the north, and you can, like, save the, the royal family, or you can let them get murdered by just not doing anything, and uh, that's, about, that's like, as deep as you get, yeah. which is, which is, like, a far cry, because, like, like a like a, a stereotypical JRPG or something, it's like okay, you have like your hero's journey, and in this, it's just not really a hero's journey. It's just like you're already the hero, and you gotta fix the shit. Yeah, which I like your name. You like what? I did enjoy that part of it though. Like I do like that, you know, 
it's something that not one person can do. It takes generations to kind of save the world. It's not like you can do it all in one day type thing. So yeah, I I mean it's definitely different, and I, I it's not like great or anything, but I don't think it's bad. No, I would say I wouldn't say it's bad. It's it's a a different way of doing things, and it's a departure from the normal. It's just uh, I wish there was more. I guess you just want more depth to it, which. Yeah, I'm guessing there's probably not enough room for depth with all the other systems they got going on. So, or maybe. Oh no, I understand that completely. And it's like old. It's old, like early on in like game development in the first place. '93 is fucking. So that's probably. It's incredible for '93. It's fantastic for '93. Yeah. But uh, I guess I've just been used to a, a different style of narrative, and I just that's where my preference is. Right. No, I get it. Um, but... uh, so that being said, I'm just going to give this a three because it's all right. It's definitely not the worst like gameplay or game story and stuff. It's it has its like quirks and stuff, and it just wasn't enough for me. That's no. all. I'm with you. It's a three for me as well. It's just uh, I think I'm more on the upside than the downside of the three. You know, I think it's if it was like 1993, it probably would be a four or five, you know, or four and a half or something. But yeah. For today, like I think it's a three, which, I mean, it it doesn't. I think it it's not a negative. I guess is what I'd say. It's like it doesn't really help the game, but it doesn't hurt it either. But yeah, it's, it's not... there's enough interesting things to keep you going as well. Yeah, like it, it carries the game through, and so it does its job. And there's like some stuff that's like interesting concepts that's not really. Uh, explored as much as I'd like, but the, the and also like dialogue in general isn't like witty or funny or clever. It's just kind of, it's just there. It does what it, it it serves as a vessel to get you through the game. Yeah, it's definitely so, not witty like, or anything like that. It's just basic. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how are you? And it's today, like, sir. <laughs> yeah, well, like I like games where like you get to learn the cast, and you don't really learn the cast in, in this game. Like you have your your prologue stuff where you kind of learn like a little bit about gerard and then he, he dies yeah and it's like okay <laughs> yeah you have random dudes for yeah thousands of years and then you get to the last guy uh last emperor or empress and they kind of don't have any conversation with anybody either until the pro like the epilogue where you're talking to the bard yeah and it and in that case it's the same dialogue no matter who you're playing as at that point so I, don't know, I just like I guess I like that character banter that's like in like trails games, so. Well, get ready. That's it. Get ready. Oh, I'm 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 getting hyped for it. I kind of want to play uh, first chapter, uh, like on my Vita or something while I'm at work. And kind of get through that at the same time as we're doing, from zero, and maybe I'll do like second chapter and then like the final one or whatever, third whatever it's called. Well, let's see. Yeah, I mean it's. Yeah, we... they're not that long. They're only like 25, 30 hour games, right? No, they're they're long. Oh, are they? Yeah, probably... so we're talking about like trails in the sky, right? Yeah, they're probably like okay. They're probably fifty or sixty each game. Ah, you sh- you're absolutely sure about that. I mean, that's what it took me. You know? Uh, Legend of Heroes: Shows of Sky, forty hours, sixty five hours completion. Okay, yeah, you're right. It's 91 and a half hours for the second one. Holy shit. Yeah. Dude, the second one is fucking deep, too. Oh, 
It's so good. Like the first one, yeah, I get it. It's slow, but it sets up the second one perfectly. Is that the one where your your boy Agate Agate or whatever? Or is he in the first one too? He's in first and second. Yeah, he's in both. Oh, okay. Like in the... <laughs> I know we're talking about this in the middle of. We can talk more about this at at, at the end, so we're not like. All right. Yeah. Well, interrupting the flow. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to say about the story then? No. No, I think that's. I think we covered it pretty good. Okay, uh, so Musical Break 2. Uh, this is a battle song, which is my style, as everybody should know by now. And it's actually a unique one, because you only hear it when you fight Kazinsi. And since you fight him twice, uh, you can hear it twice. Well, actually, you see fight him three times. Uh, but yeah, but it's a, I think it's a pretty good uh, song. It's got a nice, fast beat and a pretty unique sound. So, Battle with Kazinsi. Alrighty, visuals. Um, I'm just gonna say, in my opinion, uh, these are some of the best looking pixel art uh, in a game I've seen in a long time. And this is remastered, but um, yeah, like I was impressed. I mean, you do fight a lot of the same palette swap sprites, but there's a lot of unique ones. Like a lot, and the, well, even well, even when they are palette swapped a little bit, like there's still changes to them. Right. Um, like like there's a one of the earlier uh, beast enemies is like a Watchman, which is like a rabbit with a watch on his chest. And then later on, you fight Robins, which are uh, also rabbits, but they have like a, a fencing sword, and they got a like a red hat and a red jacket. Um, and even some of like the enemies that are, uh, like. Like, there's like these zombie dragons that are kind of similar to each other, but they have like a different face and a different uh, like uh, feet structure and stuff like that. So uh, a lot of them like look very similar, uh, and they look like they are palette swaps, but they are a little bit different. Uh, so it's not just like a, a recolor. To me, exclusively. Yeah, I think to me that's the the best way to palette swap is like yeah, it's a palette swap, 
but I added this or I did this to it. So it's not the same thing, just a different color. And that, yeah, I think that's where uh, I, it's impressive because I mean, you can go to games made this year and there's this fucking palette swaps and it's just like they're just stronger versions with different colors doesn't make any sense but if it's like a different you know they have a different you know animation or whatever i mean it's so much better and plus the boss bosses in this game like are definitely fucking unique because they kind of move around a little bit and Mm -hmm. they all kind of like have their own look which is and they all some of them have a couple different forms i mean for an early Super Nintendo game, I mean, it's fucking awesome. So, uh, it's I think it's kind of on par of like what Final Fantasy four ish graphics, I would say. Uh, sounds right. But I think the the bosses look way better than some. Of, well, I don't know. That's kind of they're both kind of good. They're both Square games, so. Yeah, I mean, they probably had like the same teams working on them. I would assume, like, artists or whatever. This is, like, the heyday of, you know, pixel art, so it's really good. Um, anything add, like, with... The map is, looks pretty decent, I think, but it's not great, I guess, but... Yeah. Uh, uh I'm trying to, like, think of, think of cons. Like, normally, you have, like, games that just, like, reuse the same kind of tile sets and everything, but I don't think they did that in this... I mean, some of the like every... are just, like, kind of hallways, I guess, you know? Yeah, like, nothing super interesting. But then you have, like, some dungeons where there are, like, they play tricks on you, like the sunken ship, with, like, doors that uh, don't lead you to the same areas, and, like, chests that disappear and stuff. Uh, but that's that's more gameplay anyway. Um, well, I will say that even though a lot of the areas look the same, um... You're fighting so much, or you can fight so much, uh, that you kind of go between battle and the dungeon a lot. Uh, but then also, a lot of the dungeons are small, so you're not spending a yeah. lot of time in them. They don't just walking around in circles and shit. They don't waste your time with the uh, dungeons. It's like there's a couple longer ones, but for the most part, uh, and it's not like the longer dungeons do break it up where it's like the, there's gonna be different enemies or. You know, different parts of it are, you know, look different. Yeah. So they do, mi- they do mix it up pretty decent amount. So. Well, yeah, like the final dungeons, like you start in this like snowstorm area, yeah. and then you go to this like underwater cave thing, little area thing, and it goes to like this crystal area in the cave. Yeah. And then like the final ruins portion. So yeah, they did. So they did pretty good on that. Um. So yeah, I think it's great. Uh, to me, it's a three and a half. Okay. I, I almost want to give it four, but it's, I mean, it's just... Uh, well, I'm, I'm giving it a four because I thought uh, all the spell effects were pretty good. Uh, like, all the combat, like, visuals, like, every time you use a tech, most of them are pretty cool. Um, they do have some like, I like attack animations. That's, that's also true, yeah. Like, I liked... I didn't have any problem with any of, like, any of the character sprites. Uh, I didn't get, like, eye strain from any of the the tile sets. Uh, I, I felt like I was constantly in a new environment the entire time I was playing, and uh, I had no issues with it. So it's definitely getting a four for me. Okay. 
Um, and that will lead us on to music slash voice acting. Um, as we kind of said earlier, uh, Kenji Ito is the composer. And uh, according to Kevin, uh, Nobu Uematsu, uh, I guess, either contributed or guested on a couple tracks. Well, it was just his um, name on a couple of them. So I think he just did a couple. They had him probably do a couple just because he's the famous Final Fantasy guy, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know if he was super famous at this time yet, but because it's still 93. I don't know. When he hit, did he hit his peak at like Final Fantasy VII? When uh, like back first, popular? He did like the first seven Final Fantasies, so what, this is probably what. Well, I think he's done mo- almost all of them until fifteen. So yeah, so think about it. Like by this time, there's what four or five Final Fantasy games out. So yeah, he's probably at least popular in Japan, I would say. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So the last Final Fantasy game he did was a remake. Seven. He's worked on all of them. Yeah. I know he did seven remake, but I don't know like if they just reused his you know So he didn't work on fifteen, but he did contribute like to the base game, but he did contribute to the comrades DLC, apparently. Okay. Interesting. Uh he didn't do thirteen either. But he was on twelve. So his last main Final Fantasy was twelve, because uh, unless you count fourteen, but that's the MMO. I count it. That's a that's like four games in one. At this point. Well, so he did the original version before it got scrapped and turned into a Realm Reborn. So they don't have anything from him in the, in the new version of the game. I thought they made, like, a, you could revisit the original or something. Mm, nope. So in the storyline, that all got blown up by a fucking meteor. Oh. And everybody got reborn into this new world, I guess. So, but yeah, none of that shit's in the game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so for me... Uh, when I decided to start playing Romancing Saga 2 for the show, I looked up the soundtrack, and I've got a uh, a playlist of like half the songs that I listen to on my drive to work uh, at least once a week. So I will say that I uh, I think the soundtrack is fucking amazing. Uh, obviously, there's no voice acting, so I'm not going to score that at all. But uh, for me, this uh, soundtrack's getting uh, the music's getting a four and a half. Um, a lot of the sound effects were appropriate. Uh, the music is uh, catchy when it's when it's the good songs. Like none of the songs are bad, but like they have a lot of catchy songs in my opinion. And uh, they use a lot of instruments uh, that I can't remember like hearing in games from this time. Like I feel like there's a lot of variety in like musical styles and stuff. So uh, for me, it's a uh, it's a pretty great soundtrack. Like not the best I've ever heard, but it's up there. Okay. Um, it wasn't that uh, I didn't think it was bad or anything, but you have a better ear for music than than I do. Um, I didn't really have like a song that like just stood out to me too much. I had to li- listen through all everything before I found the song I liked, but uh, I don't think it's bad or anything like that. I just didn't. I mean, it just wasn't anything that caught my ear. So, um, but yeah, like you said, the all the you know animations and all that kind of stuff that make the noise uh refined but uh i'm just gonna give it three and a half okay fair score and that leads us to musical break three and this is your pick yeah i did canal fortress uh which is a you get to in the early part of the game where you get to infiltrate the canal fortress but uh there's a part like in 
like 30 seconds in, it starts making this noise that I thought sounded cool. <laughs> so that's, that's the one that stuck with me. Um, so yeah, here's Canal Fortress. You talk about that like um uh, I don't want to say it's like electronic keyboard signing thing where it's like kind of like a almost like an arpeggio but not because it kind of goes up and down too fast. Yeah, I think so. Okay, that's definitely uh, like I said. It's like it's got unique sounds to it that I haven't heard anywhere else. That's why I liked it so much. Um, but anyway, uh, overall experience, as Brent would say, it is expectations versus reality. Uh, I think this is a category that everybody has different standards on, so it's kind of hard to rate uh, like equally. Uh, but it's pretty much how you feel, in my opinion, how you feel from leaving the game. So, uh, you want to go first? Yeah. Um, everyone kind of trashed this game. Um, so, But I, after playing Saga Frontier, I kind of was like, I didn't really take it all to heart. Uh, I was like, maybe this one's worse. But you know, once I started playing it, I think I even wrote on the in the message or the Discord. I was like, when does this game get bad? Because <laughs> I was having fun from the beginning. So I definitely disagree with a lot of people that say it's a bad game. I think it's just, yeah, uh, it's bad if you don't have a guide. But you know, twenty twenty two, there's plenty of ways to look it up. And figure out what you need to figure out and some people say well that's a detriment to it um, I would say maybe if they made this game now there'd be a lot more you know they only can fit so much information onto a game back then so they just did what they could and people could figure it out and people had a lot more time because there's a lot less games is my kind of like way to uh, argue against that Rationalize it yeah yeah I'm like if it was made the day, it'd be different. But you know, it's it was 
1993, there was not the technology to put all that information uh, into the game and make it a good like. The game would be a lot worse if they had all that in there. It'd probably be a lot shorter. So they made it the way they could, the best they could, and yeah, I think now they would have tutorials and they explain it more and all that kind of stuff, which is what the internet the internet has done for it. Um, so I just kind of don't listen to those arguments. So. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I think it's a great game. Uh, maybe not for everyone, um, but the you know the gameplay is top notch. Uh, the story is not that you know it's not it's surface level, I guess. But so to me, overall, like I enjoyed it a lot. I'm gonna give it a four. Um, but yeah, if it had a deeper story, it'd be a lot higher score. But. Um, Still good. Still good. Uh, I am right there with you. I also say this game is a four overall. Um, and for me, it's not as good as Saga Frontier, but obviously because like it's an older game. Um, and a lot of quality of life stuff that was in Saga Frontier uh, is missing from this, which is understandable. Uh, but uh, I kind of with you when people were like, oh, this game's ass. Uh, it's the worst game I've ever played or whatever. I'm like, we're, I'm coming off of pure solar. So for me, like, it ha it's going to have to be, like, really fucking bad uh, for me to be like, it's a bad game. Um, and I also am one of the kind of people that, like, if I'm interested in something and people are like, it's shit, I like it more. <laughs> because it goes against, like, the mainstream. And uh, I'm all about that kind of stuff. And so it has, like, the fact that it has all these esoteric systems... And it's not easily, uh, like, readily available to a, the common person, quote-unquote, like, who would just kind of dabble in a, a game. And it takes, uh, like, an actual interest in the game for a player to actually uh, succeed at it. Yeah. Uh, just makes it go way, way, way up in my level of enjoyment. Um, and just like Saga Frontier, I made uh, some spreadsheets for this one. And I like I use that and cross-reference information and stuff all the time. And uh, like I said, I said before, like with combat, I would have to pay attention to every encounter, uh, at least until like you get to the end of the game and you're strong as fuck. Yeah. But but that happens in every game anyway. But this one, it took way longer to get to that point. Like like I'm 40 hours in and I'm still getting party wipes sometimes. And <laughs> for me, that's like it's fucking thrilling. It's like oh man, I don't know what to expect. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's just, it's good fun. So definitely a four for me. Yeah. And I, I am, can't wait to play the next ones. Cause, yeah. um, I'm right with you. And, you know, we also have a, like you said, Pure Solar. How many people have played that? Our, our spectrum of games is like a lot wider than I think the, you know, common, like most common game players. So, yeah, we're going to have a, maybe a different opinion that someone, that for someone that's only pay, played like, you know, the good Final Fantasies and, you know, whatever other games that, you know, are popular, you know, this is, just because it wasn't popular doesn't mean it's not good, it's just different, and, you know, when, yeah. when you get well, kind of different perspective on things, you appreciate things a little bit differently, and your, your tastes change, I guess, so. It's games like these is why I go out of my way to pick, like, weird niche shit. Uh, because sure, like sometimes I pick garbage, <laughs> and you know I'm not I'm not like uh, ashamed of that because I like I picked Pure Solar 
uh, went against the uh, what we read on the internet. People are like, oh yeah, this game's great. But I guess you only have like fanboys saying this game's great on the internet, and they're incredibly mistaken. But uh, without like playing Pure Solar, I would not have like an appreciation for other games as much as I do, uh, because uh, like you said, we have that wider uh, scale. Like we like we've played really really bad games, and then we played really really good games, and you have like uh, a much wider uh, berth to kind of get used to the or uh, judge like the nuances that games might have or uh whatever uh like you can recognize better like mechanics that you've never seen before yeah and you're like oh this is interesting this is pretty cool uh versus like shit that's just wrote and it's in every fucking game and you're like well this is nothing new um so going out of i i try to go out of my way to pick shit that's niche especially because I'm looking for uh, something different. It's something that maybe even... And also, the point of this show is, for me, to talk about older games that people don't have access to or wouldn't have access, had access to, or maybe didn't play, uh, so that maybe it would inspire them to play it as well. Right. Um, unless it's bad, like Pure Solar. Like, don't play that. <laughs> don't play that. Nobody should play that game. Uh, but, uh, uh, like, Romantic Saga 2. You should play that just to see how bad it is. <laughs> then... You don't well, I mean, yeah, there's that. Like, get that. It's like, it's like, it's like shoot yourself in the foot, so you know how painful it is. Like, so, so you can compare that to like a bee sting or something later. Like, it's yeah. obviously you're not causing yourself physical harm, but you may cause yourself some mental harm. So just be prepared for that. Uh, at least put like I don't know, the four hours into it that Blaine put in and that Travis put in. Uh, yeah. That's all you really need. Dip your toes in it and be like, okay. Yeah. Once you get the four uh, hour mark, it doesn't get. Uh much different or better it's just that's that's the game it gets worse because <laughs> your hopes are gone <laughs> they're, they're dashed on the sidewalk you're like yeah. okay this could be a good rpg it's it's got a little rough start and then nope the writing just go keeps going and it's not good the gameplay is just it's like the bad kind of semi generic bullshit like it has like it has a, that unique fucking np system but that's not even good it's not a good. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not. It's not MP. It's the little fucking charge bar bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Wild Arms has a charge bar thing, the force gauge, but like that's used well within the system. Like they, like you don't lose force gauge when you get hit. You don't like. <laughs> you don't just get fucked for that turn because you, an enemy hit you. Like, whatever. We're not talking about pure solar anymore. So. <laughs> VTS, it's okay. It's- Oh Jesus! Uh, replayability slash extra content. Uh, unless you had some more to say about overall. Nope, um, I'm good. Okay. Um, this category is unfortunately uh, determinant on whether you play the original '93 version or you play the remaster. Because we play the remaster, we are going to be able to say it has extra content and it has replayability. Mm-hmm. Um. I think, though, like, it could be argued in the original version, it has replayability because it's so fucking balls-to-the-wall hard that you have to replay it multiple times to learn what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. But with the advent of New Game Plus and the bonus dungeon, the memory, uh, base of memory stuff, um, there is definitely... Even if you get only get halfway through this game the first time and you get stuck, you can New Game Plus it and retain all your shit. Mm-hmm. 
So not only do you retain the knowledge, you retain uh, all the progress that you made for your game. I don't want to like say account, but like it's your account because like you just re-roll the same save over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, so that's a really good addition. Um, you can do some quests in a different order. You can even just skip the entire uh, last, uh, the final emperor if you really really do it right. Uh, so there is a lot of variety of stuff. You can do stuff in a different order. You can have a different game uh, where you have... Because the Emperor's random every time. You can have different characters. You can recruit different characters at different times. Um, so I would say there's lots of replayability. Uh, narratively, not so much, because there isn't much there in to begin with. Uh, do I think it's fun? Yes. So... <laughs> I probably, I probably would be, uh, wouldn't want to play it again anytime soon, uh, but I could definitely see myself playing this game again, like one day if I was bored and I wanted to revisit it because it's, uh, it's a fun game to play. So I will give it a three point five. Um, yeah, I'm not so high on the replayability. I mean, yeah, it has extra content. They added like that that extra dungeon where you can go and level or whatever you want to do, but. I think you played the game once. It doesn't change at all. Uh, yeah, you might need to because uh, you get stuck or whatever, which is great where you can um, you know, carry on from where you were. But I think after you play it once, you don't really need to play it again. And maybe if you play this as a kid, you'll have nostalgia of it when you are an adult and want to play it again, kind of like how we're doing uh, Super Mario RPG. But it doesn't. I don't. To me, it won't. It won't have that nostalgia because I'm old now playing it, and like, I don't know. Maybe one day I will have an itch to play it. But more likely, I'll want to play like the new version of the next saga game more than uh replay the old one. You know. So to me, it's two and a half. Perfectly reasonable. Um. Alright, so the last musical break. Uh, this is also my pick because uh, no Travis, and uh, I picked the game. So, uh, this is the final uh, boss fight. Seven. It's called Seven Heroes Battle. Uh, obviously it's all in uh, I don't know if it's kanji or whatever what the fuck it is. Uh, but the translation is Seven Heroes Battle. It's when you're fighting the final boss, and uh, a pretty, it's pretty much suitably epic. So, uh, enjoy!
Okay, time to close the show out. Um, so as uh, Kevin already spoiled, and I guess we talked about it before, uh, the next game we are doing is Super Mario RPG, The Legend of the Seven Stars. Uh, what's your history with that? Um, I had it when I, in, on Super Nintendo. I know I beat it once. I might have like dabbled with it you know, a little bit. Never played it uh, all the way through again, I don't think. Um, but I definitely played it all the way once. Uh, I remember fighting, you know, the Final Fantasy character, and I thought that was, like, awesome. I, I did beat him. Uh, but I think I had to, like, get a lot of those, like, power-ups to beat him, you know? And I probably... I think I remember, like, I barely beat him with, like, Mario is the only one still alive or something like that. Um, but I think I've only beat it once, and I never really went back to it, but it was, like, one of those first RPGs I played, so it's, like, you know, I remember it fondly, and it's, like, ingrained, you know? Like, I could still remember a lot of parts of it, even though I only played it, you know, maybe a, w once all the way through, maybe partially through a couple times, you know? Okay. Uh, for me, I had it along with uh, Illusion of Gaia and Breath of Fire 1. They're like my only RPGs, and I lent it to uh, a friend of mine when I was like 10, and then two weeks later he moved and just kept the game. Mm. Uh, and I didn't find another copy until like I was in my teens at a pawn shop. And I... Uh, so before it got stolen, I played it a lot because like I'd play this. Uh, uh, yeah, I'd play Super Mario RPG, then I'd play through Breath of Fire, then I'd play through Illusion of Gaia, uh, whatever other like uh, SNES RPG I had. Maybe played some other kind of games. Like, I played Mario Paint a lot and shit. Um, so then I played it one more time when I got it back from... or When I reacquired it from the pawn shop. And I hadn't played it since. So, uh, having going back to it now, I'm, it's been 17 years, something like that. Yeah. But... I'm getting so much nostalgia from it. And uh, it's just been a really good time. Yeah. I, I can't wait to finish it because... Uh, it's going to be great. I definitely enjoyed it as well. Like, I am feeling the nostalgia as well. Um, I am getting fucking tired of Molo, though. So, <laughs> like, I know I'm only, like, five or six hours in or whatever, but Molo sucks ass so hard. Ugh. If I... I think, aside from Bowser, he's the worst character in the game, so... Like, it's... he doesn't get a weapon to like, the third, like... You go through like three dungeons with him, and he's just using his fist. <laughs> so fucking yeah, it's ass. I'm like, what the? Like Mario's like doing like eighty damage, and he's doing like twelve. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, I don't need a heal. Like, uh, I know he's just supposed to be your healer, like for that time, but it's like, no, I want some damage. Like, I don't need a heal right now. I want you to fucking own some people, but. Yeah, well, it doesn't help that his magic, the Thunderbolt spell, barely does any more damage than his melee attack. Right, and it's like, so I'm like oh, it doesn't kill anything, and I don't want to use up flower points on it because I want to use Mario's jumps or whatever. So yeah, use <laughs> a good character. <laughs> uh, yeah, so maybe that's a negative that I'll bitch about when we're talking about the game. But uh, other than that, I mean, it's fun like going through, and I mean, it's definitely a lot more basic than I remember, like the the dialogue and stuff. But you know, it's a Mario RPG. It's it's they're doing the best with what they got. <laughs> And I, I mean, uh, it, is, it is cute where, like, you know, when Mario doesn't talk, but to describe things, he, like, 
like basically pantomimes it, you know. So yeah, that's definitely entertaining uh, when he's like trying to tell a story. <laughs> so they throw fizzes out the window when he's like walking in the air, freezing in the air, like turning into Bowser and shit. It's like all right, yeah, I'm along for the ride with this. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm sure we'll have a favorable review and. Yeah, I know, like, almost everyone's in a review on Super Mario RPG, but, you know, this is, what, eight eight years in before you, you got to it, so... Yeah, I do it. Eventually, yeah. eventually yeah, I get to it, so... Well, I wanted to do it for, like, episode 100, but Brent was like, nah. And then, uh... He also... Was he passed before episode 100? So... No, I thought you guys did uh, Legend Dragoon for episode 100. Was it? I don't know. Yeah. I, I definitely wanted to do this one uh, for, like, as a... Like a one of those anniversary milestone things, and he was like, no. So, like, okay, well. <laughs> I mean, it's only one of the most uh, uh, praised RPGs ever made, but okay, we'll do something else instead. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, that's Andrew Yoon. Yeah, you're right. But I think he was trying to get, like, some uniqueness uh, to, like, the podcast, where I think at this point we have a shit ton of... We have all ends of the spectrum, like we're saying. Like, we have no games no one's played, and we have games everyone's played. So, and some in between. Yeah. So now we can just do whatever we feel like doing, and it's not. I mean, we're like 150 episodes in. So. Yeah, like I'm scrolling through this list, and like there's always like you can tell which games Brent picked and which games I picked because it's like Fire Emblem and then Eight Bit Adventures, The Forgotten Journey. Like, what the fuck is that? To me, that's like he didn't want to. He didn't want to <laughs> take the time to play a whole RPG, so he's like, "Let's fuck, fuck it. We'll just do the short game." Although that's what I picked because I was like, "Hey, what is this thing? It looks interesting. And it's RPG because uh, it's like Fire Emblem uh, for the the Game Boy Advance, like the first one, and then yet yeah, this game, uh, the Eight Bit Adventures, and then uh, Suikoden so Three, which is what he picked. And then I've got like To the Moon. Well, and then actually, he picked Suikoden Three. Is like. Remember, you guys all had a vote on which games you play next, and like everyone uh, gave their opinion on what they should, what you guys should play next. And I, I said Secret in Three because you guys did the first two, and I felt that you should do Secret in Three now, since like that's kind of what I, how like a lot of people found you guys. I don't know. I did some, I wrote some thing up to him about it, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's a good idea," and that's why he picked that one. That's fair, but. Yeah, I, I I remember having a good time with Sequel in Three. You guys didn't like it when you guys uh, reviewed it, so. Uh, I definitely feel like I used to be more uh, swayable. Like I definitely liked uh, Sequel in Three when I played it when I was younger. I think going back to it, uh, like it happens a lot on a lot of shows. Like I'll ha I'll start off like. Mm, positive toward a game and Brendan's like no nah, it's not that good and I'm like uh yeah I guess it's okay yeah. I guess I, I used to think it was him bringing me down to reality but now I don't have to worry about that I could be like hey this shitty game Romancing Saga 2 is fantastic fuck the haters <laughs> yeah I mean I don't yeah I mean I'm not trying to say because people I don't I'm, I'm not saying it because people th are a lot of people are saying that's bad. I'm not saying it's good because of that. I'm saying it's good because I think it's good. You know what I mean? Like it's it's good. Yeah. So. Um. So yeah, Mario RPG is next, and then after that, probably. Well, we might sneak another game in there. Like we we're saying, we might do uh, Alliance Alive. 
Um, just depends how things uh, work out. And then uh, after that is the game I'm excited for, which is Trails to Zero, Trails from Zero, which is the Crossbell Trails game. Um, there's two of them. Uh, it happens concurrently with Cold Steel 1 and 2. Um, so there is a, some interesting things I like would want to talk about when we get to it, uh, which I thought was, I don't know if it's intentional or they just tied it in later, but it's something pretty, pretty dope. I thought that I'd never seen a game do before. So yeah, uh, I'll just leave you with this. Do you wonder, uh, do you remember playing Cold Steel 1? Nick. I remember playing it. I don't know if I can, I'm not gonna be able to probably not be able to recall everything 100. percent Okay. Do you remember uh, like uh, in the opening of, uh, the opening of Cold Steel One? It's like you start at the military base. Yeah, and you're all running into the military base, and like then it does that scene again, right? But if you knew, yeah, but this time with like the characters in your party or whatever. Well, everyone's in your party except for. Uh, Crow and uh, the robot chick, whatever her name was, <clears throat> or the chick with the robot guy. You know what I'm talking about? Chick the robot. She has like the robot doll that she can summon. Anyways, in the in the in, in Cold Steel. Yeah. Uh, wait, she's like friends with Crow. No, she's or a no. little kid type character. Oh oh oh. Yeah, no, Milia or Milia, whatever the fuck her name is. Yeah. Anyways, like if you watch that opening cutscene, they're both not in it, and they, if you play this when we play this game, it kind of they explain why. Why they're not in it the first time, but they are the second time. Yes. Is some is there some like time travel shenanigans or some bullshit? Uh, I, I don't want to spoil. Yes, we'll find out. <laughs> We'll find out when we talk about it, but there is an explanation, and it's pretty, pretty good, pretty good. Okay, all right. Uh, I just assumed they did it because uh, they hadn't introduced the characters yet. It's because it's being a game. That's or whatever. what I assumed too. But uh, then I play. Well, I didn't play Zero. I watched the Let's Play like all the way through, and then like they explained it at the end of that one. I'm like, holy shit! That makes that's interesting. Like, that's like a good way to spin it, uh, even if that's the real reason you did it. But they had a good explanation. So, um, well, I mean, zero came out first, so they would have had to do it willingly. Like they knew what they were doing then when they made Cold Steel and did that. Yeah, I mean, they so. they have like everything pretty good. Uh, there might be some mistakes they make, but I think they they have it pretty well mapped out and like they know what they're doing it's all intentional you know so that is pretty cool yeah uh you can't asking, wait to find out what were the questions you asked me earlier about uh cold steel or not maybe it was sky uh i don't remember <laughs> about, uh, agate and all them or whatever oh just uh i didn't know if uh agate was like, because one of them is it is it three that you don't have the main cast anymore? It's a completely new cast or something. No, and because uh, like because you have Estelle and uh, they should, 
They changed the main character in three, but the, all the characters come back. Oh, okay, okay. That's where I guess that's where my confusion was because I thought there was a different cast in three that people hated it or something. Uh, well, three is more like a tie-in game between. It's like a kind of a bridge game between Sky and uh, Zero. There's okay. A, there's a couple characters that kind of come over to uh that show up in uh zero they're from sky um and it shows how they got to that point it's not like you don't necessarily need to play it but it's more like self-contained but there's little stories that explain more detail i guess you would say okay um but uh the main character in that one is uh, it's Kevin, and he's like this uh, priest character you get in the second game. So he, it's still all the same characters, and there's also characters that weren't playable become playable. It's it's cool. It's really cool. Okay, I will check it out one day, hopefully. Ah, uh, yeah. If, I'm sure I will. Unless I die. <laughs> if you, uh, that's the thing. It's like. I played Cold Steel, and then I was like, man, this is pretty good. And then Travis has explained to me, like, there's, it goes back to, like, this many games. And I was like, okay, I want to I start from the beginning. And then, like, to me, like, Sky was just so much better story-wise because the, the, the way the bracers are set up is, like, so much more interesting than, like, the school setup, you know? Yeah. Because, like, bracers are, like, outside the law, but they can be hired by, like... They can do things that like people that have restraints can't do. Like you know, they have to go the legal route. They can only like investigate the way they have like legally they can. Where bracers can, they're their own entity and can do their own kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. And that's kind of what happens in uh, Zero. It's like it's like the flip of that. You are the police force, so you are limited what you can do, and you have to interact with the bracers and kind of like rivals, but kind of not. It's kind of cool. So. Yeah, that's always a, a nice thing. I think that's also why uh, Zero is going to be interesting because, like, you play it as a cop unit kind of thing, right? Yeah, you're a cop. You're definitely a police force. You're like, so, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh... Well, it's because it's like a complete, like you said, like the bracers are almost outside the law. But then, like, now you're going from an, organi- an organization that has that freedom to an organization that's more bound by bureaucracy. So Exactly. So they, be... they're told they can't do something and they can't do it. Where that's when the bracers come in. And you're like, "Hey, I need you to look into this for me. Investigate." They're kind of like private detectives or something like the private eyes. Yeah. Uh, where the police can't like legally get involved because it, you know procedure and that won't hold up in court and all that kind of stuff. Where other you know they can investigate more of that kind of stuff. Okay. So it's. I mean, it's the the lore and everything's so deep. It's uh, there's so much that goes into it. So when we get into story on that on that game, it's probably gonna be a lot. It's probably gonna be like an hour or so. Explain. Oh yeah, well, we're gonna have to flip the script. I'll be doing the gameplay, and you'll be doing the story. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to write that down. Yeah, you'll wax poetic about it, <laughs> right? Um. So yeah, those are what's coming up. Uh, all right. Uh, we do have some. Uh, I'd say we have some questions, but I asked if anybody had questions in the Discord, and uh, Blaine just said some dumb bullshit. And that was about it. Other than he's like, I hated it. Well, I didn't like it very much. I don't have anything, any questions. So 
Did he even play? Maybe he said he played it like he he bought it or rented it or something a long time ago and didn't get very far and didn't like it, so he took it back. And that's kind of what Blue Eyes said happened too. He played it for a while and said it sucked and took it back. But how would like? So, I thought it came out in 2017. Were there still rentals back then? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't ask them questions. Uh, <laughs> right. I don't usually. Usually, you don't get uh, straight answers from some of these people. Right. So uh, I'll, I'll scroll to the top and see what it says. But, Maybe pretty fucking far up there. Yeah, it's alright. Yeah, I guess I should have been better prepared for this, but. This is part for the course. We do have one from Doug again. Uh, there's like other ones that are spam, but we definitely have one from Doug. So uh, he's the subject line is "Don't know Bogey," and I don't remember what the fuck that's in reference to. Uh, but he says, "You kids really don't know Humphrey Bogart, Ca Casablanca, the Maltese Falcon, uh, the African Queen." So I guess somebody referenced fucking Humphrey Bogart at some point, or something. Oh. Maybe it was. Because this is right after the Outer Worlds uh, review. Oh, maybe we, they said something we didn't know what it meant? I think so. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and he says, also says, yeah, you, uh, you don't know all that stuff? He says, you, you, you also are, you probably know uh, 10 YouTubers' names that make good make shows where they rate different Kool-Aid flavors and do the latest challenges. Uh, so I take offense to that, Doug. Uh, <laughs> I definitely don't know any of that. Yeah, what the fuck you talked about? <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate that you think we're like 20 or something uh maybe in 12 i don't know the age group for that particular audience uh but we're definitely in our 30s so uh we're, we're not like fucking in our 70s to watch like casablanca and shit or whatever but we're not we're not that young um they says but seriously you watch some classic movies also trade kyle for travis it's not really a fair trade but if you offer some money to kyle's family perhaps they will bite Oh shit! Uh, he says, "Just kidding." Uh, it was good to have him interrupting you guys again. Well, anyway, I gotta go and get some no dos. Oh shit! Uh, assuming he meant something else, I don't know what the fuck that means. Uh, the Outer Worlds music nearly put me to sleep. Uh, kidding again. It was a fine episode. Keep it up. Yeah, Outer Worlds didn't have the greatest uh, music. We had to pick what we had there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it was yeah. It was something else. It was bullshit boring stuff uh but thank you for running in again doug it's always good to hear from you yeah uh, sorry we're fucking uh children compared to you uh i can't really relate to you but you know we're here we'll living it living it up we'll always be apologizing for travis i guess so uh he also adds ps uh more old games and i'm trying doug it's hard this is There's only one of us here trying to play old games Romancy Saga 2 is old, but he probably never played it since it was only released in Japan until 2017. Yeah. So, tech, on a technicality, it's an old game. So, good luck with that. <sighs> uh, see. Other than that, we got some spam mail. So, uh, somebody is interested in purchasing our, purchasing our products and they want a catalog. Well, too bad. <laughs> uh, we got no products for sale, you dumb fucking people. Maybe we can get like a t-shirt or something made, but that'd probably, yeah. Uh, I mean, Brent had some. I, mean, I guess we could uh, trick Blaine and drawing some more uh, art for t-shirts or something and putting them on the website. Uh, it might, they might even have the original design that we had at the uh, for the meetup 
and some people who missed out missed out on that can get it. It's a pretty cool like uh, Pac-Man eating people shirt. Yeah, but I guess we can't legally sell that because it's uh, licensed content. Oh, Brent we don't have licenses to do. Yeah, Brent was supposed to send me one, but he never did. So. That bastard. R.I.P. Uh, I mean, I guess it's your mind. It's only a medium. You probably wear larges though. Yeah, it won't fit. Yeah, that's all right. We can make our. Own. I'll even sign it. Well, I was thinking like maybe taking the logo and just making that a T-shirt. Probably could do that. Uh, I still think that might be an issue because it has like uh, content that's not ours on it from all the the screenshots of games you took or whatever. I, but I don't know how this all works. I don't sell shit. Yeah, we probably need a lawyer. Do merchandising and whatever. So yeah, we'd have we'd have to pay somebody to make our, a logo for us from scratch or something, and then we could sell that. It's my assumption. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But also, if you all... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, if we ever get popular enough for that, then yeah, we'll do it, but probably not. Well, apparently we can do Manscaped for sponsorships or something. Well, I haven't heard Recording. I haven't heard back from that person, but I never emailed back either. So, uh, well, so much for that. If we, I can't to... imagine how many fucking emails sponsorships are on the old email, but oh yeah, who knows? Oh well, yeah, it'll happen if it happens. It's not like I really want to interrupt the middle of the show and be like, you know what else was a close shave? <laughs> My pubes with manscaped or whatever and it's like okay well, you're kind of <laughs> giving them free advertising right now so there you go well, that's the fucking end of the show nobody listens to this part oh that's true Everyone's <laughs> by now. you already read the email we're gonna plug discord uh the rpg amazon link and uh the video games and movie and blaine and james is it worth it or whatever and then be like bye so yeah nothing nothing interesting happening uh, if you want to be like Doug, uh, you can email us at rpgshow.podcast at gmail.com. Or, if you're lazy, you can just go to the Facebook page and just like write a comment or something, and we'll probably respond to that too. But uh, Or you could also join us on Discord. Yeah. That too. Well, if the link's working still. Let us know if the link don't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send us an email. Like shit, don't work. Yeah, or Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> Excuse me. The easiest way is just face as on Facebook, and then yeah, I always post when we add a new. Add uh, a new show and stuff. Yeah. So, um, sweet. I can go over uh, what our most popular games are this lately are. On. Uh, awesome. What do you mean, like the shows? Yeah. Podcast. I can well. I don't have the uh, Apple one, but I have Spotify. And which, if you were to guess, what do you think our most popular episode is? Is this throughout the entire running, or since you've taken over? All time, and then we can do like since the last couple years. Man, I don't remember any of the. I don't remember any episodes, so this is, I'm not gonna be able to guess well. Uh, I would assume something with maybe Chrono Trigger is high up there. You'd be wrong. Well, shows what I know. Um, the most popular older one is actually Suikoden Three somehow. Okay. So it has this is just on Spotify, which I just uploaded maybe like a year and a half ago or two years ago. We have 151 starts, 
64 streams, 108 listeners for Sequel in 3. Now, here's the, okay. here's the, surpri- the biggest surprise. The most popular episode all time, Dragon's Dogma. Interesting. 215 starts, 121 streams, 167 different unique listeners. That's pretty cool. And then the most popular non-RPG, like the game, like game show, is Episode 7, Arcanum of Steamworks and Magic Obscura. 150 starts. <laughs> 70 streams, 112 listeners. I don't know what that even is. I don't remember what that is. Is that like your garbage? magic the gathering or something or is that like no D&D? it's fucking glenn's pick uh so you know like games like Baldur's gate and stuff how the like, isometric uh, western rpg thing where you build your own character and uh then you like explore this world kind of thing like you're familiar with like Baldur's gate and yeah. stuff yeah uh it's just that except it's uh not good it's bad <laughs> i need to re-list that so then i don't remember i fucking hate it like, Glenn was sucking that dick so hard, and I'm just like, this game is fucking shit, dude. <laughs> is, this why fucking... is this why you didn't like Suikoden 2? Yeah, this exactly. Because, like, we did Suikoden 2, like, either the next show or the show after that, and he's just like, no, nah, it's fucking bullshit. And he didn't even play that shit. Which, I mean, to be fair, I played Arcanum for, like, three hours, and I spent a good hour and a half to two hours on the first map, and I was getting killed constantly. And apparently there's, like, you have to have one particular build uh, to, like, survive. Because if you don't have, like, uh, the ability to, like, block attacks or some bullshit, you just die. And it's, like, nothing's really explained. Uh, there's a way to... There's, like, you think the mechanics in, like, Romancing Saga or Saga of Tear were bad? Like, this is fucking nothing. This is, like, elementary school level complicated compared to Arcanum and shit. Oh. Like, uh, like, if you love pull up uh, your tech uh, abilities with a character, you can't use magic. And if you have magic and you go to a place that has lots of tech in it, uh, your magic gets disabled because technology somehow saps away magical power. But if you have uh, if you have technology and you go to a magical place, you can't use your te- technology. And then, like, all kinds of shit. Which is, like, sounds cool, uh, but, like, functionally, I could not have any fun with that game. It was not for me. It's definitely... I'm definitely not a Western RPG player. It's the... Yeah. Uh, not my kind of game. Well, I'm definitely going to re-listen to that one now, since I thought it was just like you guys playing D&D or something. Oh, no. It's an actual game. It's, uh... You have to have, like... I think you have to have, like, special, uh... What shit to do on your computer to play it. It's only like a PC game. Oh, it's a PC game. Oh, shit. Yeah. You probably hated that. It's a... Oh, I fucking did not like it. It's got a 9 out of 10 rating out of uh, 1,169 reviews on Steam. So, you know, I obviously uh, have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. But to me, it is worse than Pure Solar. I don't think I've ever played a game that I hated more with the core of my soul. Well, that explains why it's so popular, then. Like, that's why it's a popular episode. I know. Because <laughs> oh. it's a popular game. Okay, well, it's probably why people don't listen to the rest of the podcast. They hear me shitting on it. And they're like, this dude is a, doesn't know what he's talking about. But I know. I know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Lost Odyssey is number four, which is crazy, too. Interesting. Yeah, there's a... Uh... Well, that was like the, the only good Xbox RPG, I guess. So you probably got a lot. Well, Xbox 360. Uh, just to go down to like maybe the top ten. War Song is after Lost Odyssey. Saga Frontier Remastered after that. 
uh, Trails of Cold Steel, um, Breath of Fire 5, uh, Shining Force 2, Final Fantasy Tactics. So I guess it it's like maybe the people want to listen to the games they haven't played or are bad or are good or... I mean, it could be that uh, we're only getting listeners because nobody else covered those games. Uh, yeah. Whereas like shit like Chrono Trigger, you said it's not very high because who the hell's going to listen to us talk about it when they can listen to some yeah, well, buddy they actually they like and they, who has a good a good show or something. Yeah. Also, I think people shy away from fucking three to four hour long podcasts when they could go watch a YouTube video where it's five minute review with somebody like you. Uh, today we're talking about uh, uh, Chrono Trigger. Uh, it's a good RPG from the 90s. Uh, it's got good characters. The music's good. Uh, yeah, it's a great game. You should play it. And it's five minutes. And it's like, all right, well. Yeah, we're definitely... Thanks for the review. A, we're definitely a niche uh, podcast where, yeah, we only do like one or two a month. If, uh, But we, we definitely go way in depth when we do our podcasts. I like that better than just doing like, you know one hour you know basicness of it i don't know i enjoy this way more than just like you know the one or half hour 45 minute hour podcast you know yeah well we don't commercialize at all like and it's not structured really like there's loose structure but it's it's generally free form until we have to like try to range it in because we've been ranting for two hours about bullshit it's like all right <laughs> gotta move on but yeah, the meat of it is gameplay and story, and that's where the most of the time is. And people probably would just quit, you know, fast forward past that to the end, maybe or whatever. But some people do like to hear us, you know, riff on things as well. Yeah, and those are probably the people in the Discord. So hey, everyone, thanks for hanging in there for as long as you have. Whether or not you're in the Discord or not, if you're a regular listener, we do very much appreciate you, even though. Technically, you don't exist because we don't know who the fuck you are. If you're a lurker, so if you want to... that's fine, too. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Lurk away. You can could, you could always change that by joining the Discord and talking to us for an hour and never never coming back, which is... Just, yeah, there's it's, a... It's a thing that happens. We say some bullshit about the, your favorite game and you want to say we're wrong? Come on in. Come on over. So. Oh, boy. Uh, well, I guess we can finish up now. Um, yeah. We do have an Amazon affiliate link, which I honestly haven't checked in like a fucking two years because last time I was checking pretty regularly, like every month, and we never got any purchases on it. So I don't think anybody's buying anything on there anyway. So yeah. whatever. Uh, no big deal. Uh, it's not like we relied on that to keep the show afloat or anything. So uh, if you buy shit from there, it'll give us like, I don't know, 2% of the whatever you paid, whatever the fuck miserable amount that we steal from Bezos. But hey, I guess it's something if you're feeling generous yeah i guess it doesn't cost you anything it just takes some extra time but if you remember cool if not whatever yeah i definitely forget about it most of the time well i have it on like i have it i have it on my uh bookmarks bar and i forget to click on it all the time when i go to amazon so it's like i definitely understand why nobody does it so uh like i said before you can listen to our friends blaine and james on the is it worth it podcast you can also as we mentioned at the start of the show check out kevin and blaine on video games the movie um and as always thanks for listening and until next time bye everybody bye